Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crushing against a bay, but it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch, because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. Oh. And I uh, don't know what that intro was, but you know what? We're, as they say in the business, one one take to tape. Cuts. What? Is that what they say? Um, I I don't <laughs> okay. know. I don't know what I... Sorry, got. sorry, was I supposed no. to introduce myself? No. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, we, we, we spoiled okay. it now. Yeah, it's true. It's once again, we've got ourselves another guest for this two-parter that we are beginning tonight. Michael, would you like to introduce our guest? I mean, well, I mean, Reeves introduced himself sort of accidentally there, but it's, it's again, <laughs> Reeves Richards. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. In case you, in case you, thank you, thank you so much. In case you did uh, recognize my voice right off the bat. Hi, everybody. It's, um, I'm back. Uh, it's wait, Are you back happily <laughs> or back negatively? I mean... Sadly, I mean, half, my my first experience was was great because I was able to just like hang out with the two of you on a recording channel and just talk about one of the dumber episodes of television I've ever seen. And I was <laughs> However, like, yeah, sure, that was fun. I would like to do it again. And then uh, and then I ended up signing up for a dumber episode of television. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, two no, television, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, no, we're we're only halfway through this dumb edition <laughs> this of dumb edition. television, and, yep. and I signed up, and I signed up for something that will probably be equally as dumb if I'm if I'm going to be if I haven't watched it yet. But I, I assume part two well, is not. Yeah, great. I gotta say, I don't think we've ever had a part two that wasn't worse than the. Well, um... No, 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 well, that, no, no, that no, 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 no. Uh, season two uh, opener. Because the part one was super racist, and the part two was a lot less oh, racist. Oh, yeah. That is true. So that by virtue true. of racism. Cool. Better. <laughs> or not racism. By, yeah, I was going to say, you want to rephrase that, by, Michael? <laughs> by non-virtue of racism. Um, mm, I'm struggling here. <laughs> Aren't we all? On... On on the racism spectrum, it was less racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which 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 made it which made it better because racism is bad. Mm-hmm. I think did that did that cover it? Did I, did I recover? Did I recover well enough for everybody think, in the I pod think right legally now? We're safe legally, now. we're safe. Okay, cool. <laughs> I I am no lawyer, so I don't I don't know anything about that. I follow a few lawyers on Twitter, which I think actually makes me know the law. Oh yeah, less. absolutely. So. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see how it Speaking goes. Speaking of here seeing on how out. it goes from here on out, this is Baywatch season three, episode nineteen, Shattered, part one, written by Deborah Schwartz, directed by Douglas Schwartz, the gruesome duo. That gruesome. That's mm. that's just mean to people who I assume are alive. They could be dead. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> aired April nineteenth, nineteen ninety three. Let's talk about some guest stars. There are so many guest stars in this episode. It's wild. Mm -hmm. And that's partially because there's quite a few stunt actors in this episode. Like 
Christopher J. Uh, Tuck, who played Paul Walker's stunt double in 2009's Fast and Furious, and his driving double in the first Fast and Furious. He he plays Gary in the episode, the guy who's just like, no, let's keep drinking wine on this rock. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, God. Okay, Uh, not... Not to spoil the episode further, I was just like, because you mentioned Fast and the Furious, I nope. was like, oh, oh, I'm about nope, to be not very that mean guy. to this person because of... <laughs> we will talk about that okay, guy. Because there's there's a certain there's a certain driving car scene where I was just like, oh, oh now yeah. we're about to make fun of somebody that's actually a decent stunt double. I'm, I'm well, going to feel kind of bad. depending <laughs> on the other stunt actors I tell you about, you may still feel bad. Uh, next up, we have <laughs> okay. Sandy Berman, who plays Hillary. She was the stunt double for Catherine Zeta-Jones in The Terminal. Wow. Holy or shit. Tabby Hansen, who plays Morgan Hooper. She was Uma Thurman's stunt double in Batman and Robin, as well as huh. Julia Roberts' stunt double in I Love Trouble. Fun fact, wow. this character comes back, and I also don't know who they are. <laughs> so it, when they come back, I guess maybe we'll find out who they are. Maybe she was to be one of the women on the rock. Maybe. I don't know why the woman on the rock would have oh, a God. last name when Gary just is Gary, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Gary and Morgan Hooper. What? OK. Um, <laughs> next up, Ken Kerman plays the policeman in this episode. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you like his Sorry. name? No, no, just, just, just. I'm already laughing at oh, all the dumb things get- that happened in this episode. So, <laughs> so it is your. So you're just you're like just mentioning you know like it's like oh and he plays th- this police officer. I'm just kind of like ah, ha, ha, ha. Oh, I know that, that guy. That I know guy. the police yeah. guy. You in fact yeah. you may know him yeah. from the Naked Gun Two and a Half: The Smell of Fear, where he is credited as, "Hey, that's a pretty nice clock." That's that's his credit. Um, huh. He also. All right. Yeah. I'm I'm glad he was able to improve. on yeah. his performance Well, here. well yeah. he also that's improved on his. Well, actually, this is a demotion from his performance in 1992's Where the Day Takes You, where he played older cop. And the plot mm. of that is King is a young man, but he's already a veteran of life on the streets of L.A., The leader of a group of runaways, King, acts as a mentor to troubled kids such as gay hustler Little Jay and Junkie Greg. Um, Well, that movie sounds terrible, if I had But here's the cast. It sounds like it's aged very, very well, though. It sounds like it is just, like, if you were to watch it right now, you'd be like, wow, surprisingly... Surprisingly up with oh, the yeah. times. Certainly, <laughs> certainly nothing. Certainly nothing schlocky or problematic well, with this well, film. Wait till you hear um, the cast. Okay, so oh, we got no. <laughs> Laura San Giacomo, who was the star of Just Shoot Me. Uh, she's the main actress in it. Dermot Mulroney is the main actor. Then you have oh. Will Smith, Ricky Lake, Lara oh. Flynn Boyle, Kyle McLaughlin, Adam Baldwin, Alyssa Milano. David Arquette, Stephen Tobolowsky, and then an uncredited Christian Slater. Holy shit. Sorry, you lost me at the Baldwin. <laughs> no, it's not the Baldwin what? brother. This is the Firefly Baldwin. The one who's in Firefly who plays Jane. Oh, the, the wow. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This, that. I was high on this movie, and now fuck this movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I was laughing because it was funnier if it was one of the uh, the actual Baldwin. Who would have been the funniest Baldwin? Like, in that role, 
I think it'd be Daniel. The funniest Baldwin? Well, not the funniest Baldwin, period, but know. just to be in this movie. <laughs> I honestly think it would be funniest if Alec was in it. Just because just it feels it feels so unlike the kinds of things he often does that I, I think it would be weird to see him. in. A I'd like, like to that. see him as a character called Little J. I just think that'd be yes. very funny to me. I agree. Next up, Susan Savage plays Emily. Don't remember who Emily is in this episode. Nope. So, oh, well. Uh, Neither do I. You may know her as reporter <laughs> in Murderous Camouflage. Here is the plot. Ah. Someone, this is, I'm already laughing trying to read this. Uh, <laughs> someone killed legendary porn king Fat Guy and... Detective Moose and Squirrel must go deep undercover, literally, to find the murder with the help of their special homicide unit. The trail twists and turns until the squad uncovers more than anyone would have ever given them credit for. Now, mind you, there are five reviews for this on IMDb, all from the same week in March of 2002. Uh, And someone titled theirs, 14-year-old boys will love it. (laughs) <laughs> i'm so so curious what the fuck the literally and they have to go undercover means I, I i assume it means you have to like go under some bed covers i guess so oh yeah because oh yeah. oh uh, yeah okay well this that sounds horrible yeah yeah no well anyways i i do as soon as you said that the detectives' names were, were Moose and Squirrel, I was just like, all right, I mean, I guess this is the uh, gritty reboot right. of Rocky and Bullwinkle that nobody asked for. <laughs> the gritty, sexy reboot. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, the mm. gritty, sexy reboot, because that's that's what people needed. Like, people <laughs> just the internet and whatnot. My furries shall rise up. For, for that. <laughs> sexy yeah. furries. Um, next... Next up, we have oh, one of the most Morgan Thrapp friendly names of an actor ever. Uh, Ooh. Mick Scribba. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's like good. that's like the Game Grums Mike Aruba joke. I feel like <laughs> Mick Scribba plays Doctor Zach. Yeah. You may know him Ooh. from the Sam Steele okay. movies. No, they're not pornos. They're junior detective movies. You asshole. For example, <laughs> Sam Steele and the Crystal Chalice, where Sam Steele Jr. gets a term paper assignment on a visit by the Soviet premier to the Midwest in the late 1950s. He's less than enthused, but when he learns it may lead to treasure, the junior detective agency is on the adventure of a lifetime. So, that sounds okay. Right. Uh, yeah. This... This feels like one of those children's properties, like Veggie Tales, where it's just like this is this is supposed to be a cover for something. It's something, isn't it? It's like Veggie Tales, it's, it's like here, here you go, children. Here's here's you know basically Sunday school with you know 3D vegetables. Whereas yeah. like this one, it's just but, sort of but, like I don't know. But what is fit? Like it's just, at least that that episode description is just sort of like, and here's how we get Bircher Society ideas to children. <laughs> what is Veggie Tales a cover for? I mean, it's it's a cover for. Uh, you know, evangelical Christian teaching. Yeah. Evangelical Christian, Christian oh, stuff yeah. and, 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 and getting, and getting the love of I thought Christ. You were gonna say into it's like, you know, like the Shen Yun where it, that's actually a cover for something more nefarious. 
Oh. You know about that? Mm. You know what the Shen Yun is? I d- no. No. Uh, they're the, the, no idea. The, like, uh, they have all these ads. They're these giant, like, uh, Chinese oh, plays. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, those. Uh, okay, yeah. They're for a extremely nationalist, extremely far-right, anti, anti-Taipei, pro-war, uh, anti-North Korea-like faction uh, that just yep. wants to oh, okay. encourage people to donate to them so that they can get seats in government and approve war. Uh, they're really horrible. Uh, my ex mm-hmm. went to go see one of them, uh, I guess, before people knew that they were a giant cover for a right wing front uh, and said, this is the worst thing I have ever seen. So fair. <laughs> uh, Mick Scribble was also in The Terminal again. Let's talk about that movie again. Do you actually know what The Terminal is about? So no. it's about um, George Clooney being stuck in an airport, right? Because something about like immigration goes wrong and his passport gets. It, maybe it's not. It's George not George Clooney. Clooney. But I feel like I've got the plot yeah. roughly correct. I was about to say that it's is Tom it Hanks. Tom Hanks? Tom yeah. Hanks. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have it's seen this based movie. on a true story. It's actually based on uh, yeah. Miran, uh, yeah. Miran Karimi Nasseri, who was stuck between '88 and 2006 in Charles de Gaulle, and he was. Uh, from Iran, or I guess at the time it was Persia, and he, due to immigration, so he was going to, I think it was Budapest, to study, like, Yugoslavian history or something, and he was also going to see his his mom, and then some issue happened with his passport, and they sent him back, and he couldn't get out of customs, so he was just stuck in the airport, and then he just stopped... Oh caring after a bunch of years right because he, he made his home there and people give him free food and he could just read and he get clothes and people give him gifts and then he took on a pseudonym yeah. he started calling himself sir alfred uh so that people would <laughs> even more give him shit um and so they finally fixed this is yeah. way cooler okay. than the movie well there's a there's some really cool youtube videos about it i it's really interesting. I'll I'll send one later um, about a story. At one point they fixed all of his passport issues uh, because a few people were like, the thing we want most for Sir Alfred is for him to have a happy life. And he refused to acknowledge his real identity. So they wouldn't approve the passport issue. So he just wouldn't leave. Mm. The only way he got out was he felt he got sick and they had to take him to a hospital and that was the first time he'd been outside of the airport since 88. And then he just couldn't get back in, really, because he's like oh, out and they wouldn't let him back. Weird stuff. Mm. But point is, uh, Terminal is the movie based off of that. And it's directed by Senor Spielbergo. Steven Spielberg. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next up, Anthony Ponzini plays Angelo Masseri, who uh, you may have missed this character's name. It's the it's the mob boss at the end of the episode. Uh, you may know oh, him God. from Burt Reynolds' 12-episode series, BL Striker, about a detective <laughs> in Florida who lives on a boat. Or sure. maybe you know... What detective doesn't live on a boat? Uh, Not one that I trust. Inspector Gadget? Uh, oh, well, McNulty. Wait, no, I, I, wait, I respect no, it, Smith. 
I I, I respect I respect Ignolty Inspector Gadget. The, Damn it. He gets sent Ignolty, to the docks, so that counts. Eh. <laughs> so, exactly. There we go. We're covering we're covering we're yeah. covering our bases. Uh, me also know Anthony Panzini uh as playing Joe in the movie Desert Hearts. Do you know the movie Desert Hearts? I do not. Ooh. Well, Desert Hearts is a movie from 1985 and it's credited as the first major motion picture to ever positively depict lesbians. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's cool. It's cool. I mean, it's 1985. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that somebody went through just you know, like Library of Concert, Congress to be like, all right, where's where's the first one? Where are you the know, lesbians? Like, Show me the lesbians. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's just there's just probably like one just like sweet old like film professor that's just like this is the this I is love the person's the, interest. I love the lesbians. Like, they're just going through. <laughs> yeah, they're just going through and I know everything like, about oh, okay. the lesbians. Owned it. This is a, a dumb bit. Okay, or, I do know. want to see a Werner Herzog documentary about the lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> I wish to see the lesbians. <laughs> I want that so badly right now. Uh, <laughs> Just. He was also in Stitches, starring Parker Stevenson, who played Craig in Baywatch. This movie Ooh. is notably so bad that the director pulled an Alan Smithy. Do you know what that means? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so for yeah. those who, but go ahead and good, explain it. I because, wrote it out yeah. anyways. So for those who don't know, uh, when a director, or this at least used to be, when a director is part of the Directors Guild of America. And they want to completely distance themselves from a project because the film was altered or heavily recut against their wish. They will request to be credited as Alan Smithy. So this was used between 68 and 2002. And fun fact, IMDb actually has a page on Alan Smithy. Uh, so you can oh, click fun. on here and you can see projects credited to Alan Smithy. There is a fun one there that uh, is actually Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, which I thought was interesting. Oh. Um, yeah, this movie was just absolute dog shit. So it did not have the people <laughs> in stitches. Uh, yeah. Um, the the one thing that like comes to mind about this is I, I don't think he was actually able to pull off making it by Alan Smithy, but I do know that uh, slightly topical that David Smith or sorry David Lynch for the 80s Dune movie that he directed wanted to do it for for that one because he was like so disappointed. in Yeah. It. So, uh, yeah, like that's that's the only reason that I know what this is, is because I I I did a show where uh, I had like a Halloween special. And for the last hour, I always do movie soundtracks. And so uh, because I felt like it was topical, I would play Toto playing the <laughs> Dune theme. And nice. And then, like, spent some time on Wikipedia and just being like, oh, David Lynch hated the fact that he had to make this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, maybe not had to make this movie, but, like, what it became. So, yeah, that's that's the only reason I know what that is. And uh, now you, too, know that that's the case. And maybe maybe later, maybe later that that will happen with the current Dune movie. Or Who knows? maybe it will happen with Baywatch. Who knows? No, hopefully. Really? not hopefully. <laughs> what? No. Um Next up, we have Matt McComb, 
who's a returning actor. Uh, he plays Frank Riddick in this episode, the guy behind the car. Um, importantly, mm. uh, okay. Morgan may remember him as the star of the TV show Nightman, the best TV show about a San Franciscan jazz musician who was accidentally oh, struck shit. by a lightning bolt and that allows him to telepathically recognize evil but also robs him of his ability to sleep. Of course, you know, I do remember us talking about that because it was such a bananas premise. For yeah. Him. And also he has like a I don't know. Whomst, whomst among us, whomst <laughs> among us has not gone through all of those afflictions at once. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> truly, it's the millennial yes. curse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The millennial. Curse. I mean, yes, zoomers exactly. don't sleep because they recognize evil telepathically. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, Morgan, I believe now you have some people to tell us about. I do. I my notes are a little less extensive than yours. That's but I'm fine. Talk us through a few people. Uh, the first person I want to talk about is Robert Pine, uh, who I forget now who he plays, and that would have been a useful thing for me to write down in my notes. So I am. He plays. He plays the doctor. I have. Just in my notes, I just have a tab yes. open on the. the cast, yeah, he plays so. Doctor Bonan. Um, <laughs> I wonder. I, gotta I wonder assume, why he's called that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, he played cops his whole career after getting his break on Chips, uh, where he was on for quite a few years as one of the main characters. Um, Excellent. And then was on a ton of soap operas as well, but. Um, the role, I assume, led him to being here on Baywatch with us today is that he was on an episode of Knight Rider. Um, and so he's got that old school Hasselhoff uh, notoriety. Uh, really? I thought you were going to tell me it was a different role. Maybe more important. Uh, I, I'm not sure. What is, what is more I mean, important than Knight Rider? In Jake and the Fat Man. <laughs> Oh, God damn it! I missed that. Yes! Another Jake and the Fat Man reference! Yes! This show will never escape us. It's the official show of our Baywatch podcast, which is funny, because this is a show about Baywatch. It sure but it's more is. about At Jake least... and the Fat Man than it is Baywatch, isn't it? <laughs> It has become that, yeah. It's, it's our um, one joke. We've never, we've never been funny <laughs> other than that Jake and the Fat Man joke. A show mm-hmm. we've never watched. All right, I've, no, never. I have never heard of this show, and I am on the Wikipedia page right now, and just looking at the thumbnail, this this show must have been amazing. We, we actually <laughs> had a guest very recently who has mm-hmm. watched it and said it was awesome, uh, which I don't know okay. if John was being sarcastic. Uh or not, honestly. <laughs> they might have been. Um, apparently, it's 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 fun. Just yeah. I mean it, it. It just. I mean yeah. Like I'm just. I'm looking at the title screen and the the font for Fat Man is just too perfect. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like it's 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 like I'm looking at it and I'm kind of surprised that like I I haven't seen this same font for like. Uh, like late eighties or at least early nineties, like Ooh. NFL footage. Like it's 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 too perfect. It's wonderful. Um yeah. If 
If you're listening right now, just just go to the Wikipedia thumbnail for Jake and the Fat Man and just look at it yeah. in its glory. And then um, I don't know to to fully celebrate it. Then go and and YouTube like offensive lineman touchdowns and just like, <laughs> really absorb, really absorb, just really absorb the 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 colossus of this of this wonderful font. Yeah, the colossus of a yeah. show that is Jake and the Fat Man. We actually exactly. Um, I think. We may have mentioned this before, but Morgan and I watched the trailer or no, not the trailer, the opening theme, like video for Jake and the Fat Man. And it exceeded uh-huh. all of my expectations. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm probably going to immediately watch you're, it. You're going <laughs> to immediately start watching it and start a Jake and the Fat Man podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. Just just oh, the yeah. theme and you then should. just, you know, you should. and enjoy it. Yeah. 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 Um, That'll be next. Yeah, the the next person I want to talk about is um, Dewan Guy, uh, who he was originally discovered by John Singleton uh, acting in a performance in A Raisin in the Sun when he was a kid um, and actually had him audition for uh, Boys in the Hood, but unfortunately was ultimately cut due to basically Singleton in the studios feeling like he was too young to realistically portray the part that John Singleton had for him. How um, young was he? But he, uh, God, he would have been like 10, oh, okay. I think, or even younger than that. Um, uh, eight okay. at the time. Um, but he did thankfully later go on to get a chance to work with John Singleton in baby boy, uh, which is one of John Singleton's, uh, lesser known movies. Uh, not one I'm particularly familiar with myself. What is it um, about? Is it about a baby boy? <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's basically it's about a um, single father who has been living with his mom and has a kid of his own and is, you know, just kind of like a very small slice of life drama, which uh, from what I've heard is is fairly decent. It's just not what people associate John Singleton with, I would okay. say. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the other stuff that I thought was interesting, um, he was on In Living Color quite a bit, playing against Jim Carrey, uh, which is pretty fucking impressive. Um, and also he was the kid in the original Candyman, which was his first ever, uh, feature film role, which I gotta say, having fairly recently seen the original Candyman in preparation for the sequel that just came out this year, uh, that's it's a pretty solid role. He does a good job at it, and you can see why uh, why he ended up getting, you know, never a ton of notoriety, but certainly getting roles here and there. Is, uh, is Candyman good? I, I really enjoy it. Would I like it? Because I'm scared. It of everything. might be a little scary for your taste. Um, oh no! There is. I'm too scared. There is some shit with bees in that movie. Let me tell nope. you. No, 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 no. It's that's the thing. Like I can do gore. Mm-hmm. I can't do like insects. Body horror is a little bit weird. The jump scares are a problem. Yeah. Tensions, mm-hmm. eh. but gore. Easy, yeah. I can easily do. Gore. Yeah, if you don't like insects or body horror, um, Candyman is not the movie for you. Um, but it is okay. very good. Um, <laughs> Wait, yeah. Is, is there is there candy in it? There is. Okay, that's because I assume that's the point. Is he's the Candy Man? Yes. Yeah, because he's kind of like it's supposed to be that he's kind of entrapping people by like 
luring them with their desires. Oh, I thought he was made of um, candy. No, that would have been amazing. He's, he's just like a, a giant, uh, you know, piece of like a tootsie <laughs> roll. And he's just like, come here, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> No, he is kind of, sort of made of bees. Why um, would the Candy Man be made of bees? He's called Candy Man. Well, not he's Bee Man. <laughs> there's so many things made of honey. There's not just yeah, and one of those is candy. I I I guess uh, that seems like a stretch, <laughs> Candy Man. I don't know. If I saw the Candy Man, I would say, "Hey, you got to change your name before you kill me." I ain't accepting this. And he'd be like, because <laughs> he's a pile of bees. Yeah, he can't speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you've, that's. You've, uh, you've committed a lot of horror movie like buff sins in like five minutes. I have watched so few. Like a, like a lot. Um, <laughs> just just want to like get that. Because I was silent the whole time, just want to at least clear my name here of just <laughs> being like being like I I am I am one hundred percent a band a bystander to some some well, horror well, movie crimes. Well, think of it like this, <laughs> Candyman. Okay, sure, maybe it's scary, yeah. but I posit this: Would Junji Ito lower himself to writing Candyman? No, because he's good. I would highly disagree. You think Jinji Ito would write? <laughs> I, I, I would. I would love. I would love to see an Ito version of Candyman. That that shit would rule. You have now given me like something that I want to like wish cast into the universe. I Everybody start exist. tweeting Jinji Ito and see if he'll make it <laughs> quickly. For, yeah. for 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 one one overnight DJ at KEXP. That's all you got to do. Jinji <laughs> Ito live uh, like live action series, right? It's apparently not. good. I do. I've heard it's. Yeah, I was about to say. I've heard that it's. I've heard the live action stuff and and the uh, the anime is, is quite bad actually. Yes, but, because yeah. it doesn't have the pacing of flipping a page in a book. Yeah, mm. or or tries to recreate that sensation in uh, the animation, which. Granted, hard, but, you know, still. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, by the way, if, if you've never read Jinji Ito, look up Jinji Ito. It's, he's very, very good. Also, the nicest man possible. Just smiles hmm. all the time for how depressingly horrific everything he writes is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, to, to talk about our, our final guest star for this episode, uh, we've got Kiki Shepard, uh, who... Did not have, and I will touch on one or two of her film and TV roles later, but uh, for the most part was not super big on the screen. Her big claim to fame was that she was the co-host of Showtime at the Apollo from 87 until 02. So 25 years of uh, 15 years. I can't do math. Um, Some number of years of you know hosting Showtime at the Apollo which for for folks who aren't familiar it was really just this incredibly influential TV show in the mm-hmm. R&B and hip hop scene like really brought just an incredible number of artists to prominence and helped launch their careers and was and really, comedy what and comedy and comedy as well yeah yeah, yeah. stand up yeah in particular yeah um, but was if really you, if you just, could make it at the Apollo, you could make it anywhere, basically. Yeah. It, to the point where she's actually uh, got a couple different songs she's been referenced in 
one is So Fresh, So Clean by Outcast. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, as well as No Church in the Wild off Watch the Throne, uh, Kanye and Jay-Z's collaborative album that I actually still kind of like. Uh, Wonderful. I did not know that. Yeah. No, I didn't either. I just found that out earlier today. Um, but the most important thing she's done, and I say this extremely facetiously. Wait, Jake and the Fat Man? No. Way wow. better, my friend. Way better. Oh, uh, she is one of the main characters in Thunder in Paradise. <gasps> yes! <laughs> that makes me so happy. She is in 10 episodes, so... That's so good, because I really like her. Yeah, no, she was very fun in this episode. She is a lot, and it felt a little bit like playing up some stereotypes, but... I don't know. Yeah. I, in, <laughs> I, I thought about that, and then was like, well, they've stopped. They did at first, and then they stopped. Yeah. yeah. I am I am curious how much of her character was her versus the writers. Like, that does actually make a pretty big difference, in my opinion. I, I feel like it was her. I, I just, she seems to come through with her acting like she's just yeah. a very peppy person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I can definitely believe that. But I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that is all of our guest stars for this episode. One, so I I was poking around on IMDb, Absolutely. and I'm kind of surprised you didn't you didn't mention a key thing about uh, Dewan Guy that that's that's very oh. near and dear at least to my heart, which is uh, he's one of the kids in Little Giants, which oh. is a which is I'm I'm going to put out there one of the best sports movies, uh, at least one of the best football movies. So. Hmm. Um, I forget about Little Giants. I love that. It's it's yeah. I mean, it's Little Giants is kind of like, I don't know. It's 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 definitely more of a Rick Moranis, Ed O'Neill project. But like, it's still a very fun movie with and and all the the child actors in it are great, too. But it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. You you tell it. You tell me we aren't all going to cinema to see Shauna Waldron. (laughs) I mean, Uh, I don't know who that is. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, movie. missed that. <laughs> don't don't have don't have that cast list from the IMDb page. Yeah, she there. plays Icebox. What was that? Oh, Icebox. Oh, okay. She plays Icebox. No, I'm, I'm okay. Maybe they are at the end of the movie, but <laughs> not at the start. Um. Yeah. No. This is this is not a movie I had ever heard of before. Uh. Oh. It's oh, it's a. It's a very it's a very fun like family comedy. Got and 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 like it's yeah. it's definitely not like groundbreaking or like the most memorable one out there, but if you ever like watch it, you would definitely be like, I enjoyed that movie. There was nothing offensive about it and there was nothing like really out of place or like anything that that wasn't sort of like a well put together movie. So that was good. I'm glad that it exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think it's time to get into the episode. Yeah. I agree. Uh, we start off with some folks who are going to go into the ocean on an inflatable boat, and they okay. will hurry up. Not not to interrupt again. But go ahead. Do since it. This Do is, it. Since this is the only the second ever Baywatch episode that I've ever watched. I, I last time I mentioned that I like open mouth like cackled laughing in like the first three seconds. Because just, you know, Baywatch coming up on the screen and all the notes and everything like that just, mm-hmm. like, is perfect. Um, I did it again, just, like, instinctively. <laughs> like, I just, like, laughed at the opening credits. And then I noticed something that, like, made me, like, laugh even harder. 
which is so I feel like one of the f- more like recognizable lyrics from the opening theme is uh, some people stand in the darkness, afraid to step into the light. It, mm-hmm. At least in this like opening sequence, they made sure that they timed that like perfectly with a woman undressing into like her bikini. And oh, it was yeah. a sort of like yep. one of those moments where it's just kind of like, oh, this um, yep. that sort of. That sort of undercuts the poignancy of like whatever lyrics this <laughs> this wonderful man is trying to convey. Poignancy. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. <God>. No. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then of course that like you know like and then Kelly Slater shows up in the, in the credits and I'm just sort of like what wait what is going on in this episode? Uh, <laughs> what, yeah. What? And then I'm, you know he's I'm just glad and then it's Kelly like isn't in this episode. <laughs> yeah, and then it's awesome. just kind of like credited not in, and I was like, oh, all right, well, just I guess you got to just for royalty's sake just put him up there. Did you end up listening to the theme song sped up times 1.5? I did. I did. <laughs> so and, good. And you and and I'm, I'm sure you've mentioned this on multiple episodes that it's actually good. And I guess if you need like the stamp of approval from a KXP DJ. Yeah, it kind of hits it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's surprisingly good. I, I didn't want to admit it. And I was just like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> where on the, the where on the charts do you expect it to place? Uh, not on my show. Sorry. No, <laughs> even, even sped up. Nope. Not going to happen. <laughs> you telling me it's not uh, up there like wolves in the throne room or something. You know, I, I no, 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 it's <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Of, no, it's, it's, it's not going to be uh, kicking off the show after Bathory. No, it's not going to, uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but that piano oh, solo. But the sped up piano solo. It's like, so oh good. My God. That's the best part of it. That's I mean, yeah, like uh, <laughs> the secret to power metal. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, but yeah, anywho, after, moving after, on <laughs> uh, after they go in or start going in the ocean, we get to see Mitch talking to some women in front of his tower when Stephanie Wait, shows actually, up and teases him. Be- Yes. Before we before we get to that, I, I did have a question here. So <laughs> they're going onto the beach, some rocky waters and someone is saying, you know, trust me, this is going to work. Uh, we're going to have fun. And then someone says, trust you. I trusted you about my blind date. And they go, whoa. So this brings me to the important question of, Morgan, what was the worst date you ever went on? Ooh. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I don't have any, like, spectacular failures of a date. Uh, that would make for a good story. So, Reeves, if you have a good story, feel free to share while I think. Oh, man. But um, if not, I can just spin my wheels and keep talking while I think. Uh, like, I don't know. I I would basically just be embarrassing myself because, like, in hindsight, it's it's definitely... After therapy, I was like, oh, no, I was the disaster in the day. <laughs> and, Aww. like, it's just kind of one of those things Aww. where it's like, I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> Fair. Very um, fair. Digital but yeah, hug. like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, not, actually, no, extend that digital hug to the women that I dated uh, <laughs> before therapy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really have, I have like, a, I am a, a very awkward person. And so I have, <laughs> I have behaved awkwardly during dates, even successful ones that like, now I'm just kind of like, oh, man. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, so, I feel that. So, yeah, I, like I don't I don't really have any disaster dates, just kind of uh, dates that went nowhere. That's really about it. 
not not a disaster date necessarily, but certainly the weirdest date I've ever been on was when I had first moved to Seattle. I put in my Tinder profile that I wanted to learn how to drive a stick shift. And if anyone wanted to teach me, you know, hit me up fully thinking that no one would ever hit me up on that because who is like, yes, let me let this man from Tinder drive my car and not just (laughs) drive my car, learn to drive in my car. Like I could drive an automatic, but I don't know how to drive a stick shift. Um, And uh, then someone messaged me and was like, are you serious about wanting to learn stick? And I was like, I mean, sure. So they were like, cool. Come meet me at the Costco parking lot in Soto at like 10 p.m. And I was like, (laughs) sure. I see no possible way this could go wrong. Morgan, why? Um, (laughs) And we hung out for a while. Well, she taught me how to drive a stick shift. And then we... The Costco should have been the dead giveaway. (laughs) Uh, she, She worked like right nearby for FedEx. Um, was the reason why. And then we dated for like six months until I broke up with her and then she broke into my apartment and stole shit from me. Um, oh, that's her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that's how you met. Oh, that's... This, Morgan, <laughs> I, this, this, this is, a, this is an giveaway. audio call, so you can't like see my face, but I have been slowly... <laughs> I have been slowly like recoiling and like making like the classic like just like horror face from like oh, the yeah. 70s and 70s. Like, as you're telling this story, like this. <laughs> and then, like, you know, the, the jump scare part of, and then she broke into your apartment and stole your things. was like, the, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly, in oh retrospect, there were, there were a lot of red flags. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think that would probably be, be my most interesting date story. Good Lord. I think I've already okay. told mine on this podcast, I think. I, do, have I? Have have you? I don't know. You tell me. Do you remember the story? I I mean, not without any context. The the industrial grade freezer. Oh yes, I think you definitely have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll leave it at that then. All right. <laughs> it, it, um, it's it's crazy. It's oh, a crazy yeah. day. Anyways. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. Also, with them walking on the beach, I was just sort of as they were talking about things like that, like the the bad date. And everything like that. And just sort of like seeing how choppy the water was and how rocky the shore was. I was just kind of sitting there just like, yeah, this is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just fine. Just fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Fine. It's going to go great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, uh, Mitch is talking to some women in front of his tower uh, when Stephanie shows up and teases him about flirting. And she wants to talk to him at headquarters. And he flirts a little bit, but she's like, great. I have a bunch of incident reports to get done. And so you can come help me. And it it was kind of funny. I enjoyed it. Um, Quick aside, mm-hmm. are they supposed to have a thing? Yes. Stephanie and Mish? They're okay. they're on a they're on again, off again. Will they? Won't they? Okay. You know that. Got kind it. Of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ross and Rachel sort of absolutely cool. All right. Um, well, that answers my next note. Thank you. <laughs> don't, you just, don't sully this beautiful show with your shit friends references. How dare you? Yeah, Only no. good shows referenced on this podcast. Ba- yeah. Baywatch does Jake have and the Fat Man. Jake and the Fat Man and, and Baywatch <laughs> does have better hair. So that is true. Um, yeah. And I mean, t- in, in hindsight, yes. <laughs> also, I will say that since the last episode I was on had had like no Mitch whatsoever. So no David Hasselhoff. It I don't know. It was nice. Eh, maybe nice is 
is the wrong word. It was interesting to have a full episode <laughs> of David of David Hasselhoff acting experience. Goodness, oh, yeah. i i had never I had never seen him act for an extended period of time, and um, well. I can see why he didn't really get beyond daytime television. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I like it's, David Hasselhoff as an actor. It's, ah, uh, man, I don't know. He's, he's a ham. Like, just. Yeah. Like, That's like, the point. This is, it's Baywatch. Yeah. Of course he's a fucking ham. Sure. Baywatch. But, like, I, like. You want this subtlety almost, on your show about lifeguards who get paralyzed? Spoilers. <laughs> Way to go, dude. I was um, like, oh no, I was subtly <laughs> paralyzed. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I don't know. What are know. you, a Finger Eleven song? Finger God. No, the, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of like he was, the, you can go too hammy, is what I'm trying to say. And oh, for sure. I felt I felt like I felt like it, I don't know. It took me out of this episode quite a bit that he was like that much of a ham, like especially like this early in the episode. I was like, OK, whoa, is, you know, like too <laughs> much honestly, ham, too much ham. <laughs> I honestly think I've just gotten used to like his ham okay. style of acting because it yeah. doesn't even phase me anymore. I know exactly what you mean and I don't. Yeah, yeah. Agree. Yeah, I know exactly um, what you mean, because he does a lot with his face and, and overacting some things, but I've grown to actually enjoy it. OK. Personally, right, well, uh, I mean, bro. look, I, I it, it's maybe watch. maybe I will like, be in love. Maybe I will be in love by part two. We'll just say we'll say that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that, don't get your hopes up. Uh, <laughs> I do want to use this opportunity uh, to bring up one of my favorite quotes of all time, which is that when Kenneth Branagh was on the set of Thor and one of the actors uh, like came up to Kenneth Branagh and was like, you know, I'm worried about being a little too hammy. Um, and, you know, Kenneth Branagh was like, no, 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 it's fine. That's what the role calls for. And uh, the actor replied, I'll dip my toe into the river of ham. And Kenneth Branagh's reply was, trust me, I've swam in that river many times. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> And that is just, ah, <laughs> uh, just so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, the river of ham is just such a good, such an evocative image. <laughs> it's um, very unkosher. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. It's there's a reason it's only mentioned in Christendom. Um, <laughs> Speak, speaking of unkosher, we're gonna cut back to those kids on the rocks. We sure are. Because they're oh out God. on a rock a little ways away from the shore, and it is super windy. And one of the women is anxious, but the other two are like, chill the fuck out, it'll be fine. Um, and then we learn that Mitch is faster at paperwork than Stephanie, because he uses small words. Oh, um, uh, so, so, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. so you, she uses small words. Um, I have the next scene here, I'd actually like uh, for you to act it out. Uh, I have the lines here. Uh, I have Mitch and Stephanie's lines. Uh, okay. Reeves, would you rather play Mitch or Stephanie in this scene? Oh, man. Uh, let's... God. All right, so, uh, man. Um, getting to realize... <laughs> to getting to realize... his choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was just kind of one of those things where it's, Because of last time, I was, like, watching this episode, I was like, oh, good. There's no original music, so I don't have to do 
like song lyrics this time around. And now I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> he boomed me. He boomed me real good. Um, uh, let's. Don't worry. There'll be more music next episode. Uh, oh, no. Uh, well, I get my wish. Uh, let's let's go ahead and um, let's say uh, Mitch. Okay, then, Morgan, you're going to be Stephanie. So Please. Good to me. Act out this scene. All right. I'm gonna I, I'm going to try and ham it up as much as, as oh, please do. does. Absolutely. Like, That's I, why I, I put gotta, emotions in. I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna really dig down deep into my uh, high school thespian comedic job. Yes, that's what I want. Here we go. As a matter of fact, there's a very small word for I'd like to do right now. Animal, vegetable, or mineral. Hmm, a little of all three. I'm, I'm pausing the staring and I'm moving my eyebrows a lot. <laughs> Eat! I'm starved. Aren't you starved? Let's take a break. Leave it to a man to always be thinking about his stomach. Not always. <laughs> Ooh, clap, 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 clap. Brava, brava. Yes. Bravissima. Oh <laughs> no, I, I have a lot of notes about this scene and all yeah. of them are... And all of them in all caps and like bracketed with lol and LMAO. Um, <laughs> this is a just, very, very horny scene. It's yeah. so, so horny. Like I <laughs> like I just I mean, like if it, if before it like I wasn't sure if like Stephanie and Mitch were supposed to have a thing like now, I was just kind of like, all right. So Mitch is just like straight up just being like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> it, it um, like comes out of nowhere. This. Yeah. Scene. Yeah, no, I I like, and not only that, I even got like the punchline like swerve wrong with uh, like I mean eat because like I I was like uh, let's see here, um, just kind of like one of those things where I was like oh oh date he means date <laughs> it's like oh no and and then obviously even before date I was just kind of like I don't know this is daytime television I don't know if he's allowed to say like I want to fuck like <laughs> that's so, that's my question. So, when when she says animal, vegetable, or mineral, what what does she mean? Yeah, I w- I wanted to talk about that too. Um, <laughs> I I don't understand that line. Is she saying that he's the very model of a modern major general? Um, what? Because if not, then I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. It's fucking. Uh, um, oh why? Oh my god! Now I am the one blanking on musicals. Um, it's, so I mean, uh, like salt. Very- like, I don't know. It's uh, Pirates of Penzance. Okay. Uh, classical, classical musical. But that's that's why she's saying, because one of the most famous lyrics from it is, I am the very model of a modern major general. I have information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. Um, oh, okay. Maybe. So I'm assuming that it's a reference to that, but why? it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, no, um, but why I can't explain. I mean, uh, d- daytime television does love its theater yeah. references, so I, I don't I don't doubt it. We did have an episode that started and ended with Mitch comparing himself to fucking um, Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca. So true. And Which, that same episode I mean, did have one one to one comparison, really one to one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. In terms of in terms of influence and importance. Yeah. I mean, listen, when I when I see those uh, those swimsuits, you know what I think? I think Maltese Falcon. Yep. Got to be uh, got to be it. 
You yep. know, every night I go to bed and I say, play it again, Mitch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, just um, goes, bud. Um, no. But yeah, no, this, is, this is less of a, one. this is less of a, um, of, you know, uh, Casablanca Rosebud and more of that uh, bit from the critic where it's Orson Welles messing up the Rosebud line. That's what the <laughs> <Yes>. show is. Fresh <laughs> <laughs> Go- well, gooey green penis. Wait. Yes. What? This is horrible. <laughs> exactly. Rosebud, okay. fresh green peas. <laughs> but after, uh, after this flirty scene in headquarters, we go back to the rock group. Um, and they they start to roll away from their rock. Uh, ah, rock and roll. It's right. too late. The boat has floated away. Yeah, it's OK. Uh, just I know that that teenagers are supposed to be dumb, but yes. I, I, I don't know if even in like my dumbest like college moments and I was in a fraternity. So I have <laughs> I have partaken in and seen some really dumb stuff. I don't think like. <laughs> I don't think even in like our drunkest moments we ever thought, you know, it would be a perfect spot to drink. Just a rock in the middle of the fucking ocean. Yeah, like, it does make sense. Let's but, let's get on a raft and like let's bust out some Mad Dog 2020 and get <laughs> lit on on a rock that's going to be underwater at like high tide. Let's go. Like, yeah, that's but, just it. Like so like at this point, I'm just kind of like, like, what, what did like wait, what are you doing? Like I like, yeah. <laughs> just but, but Reeves, have very you ever, very dumb. Have you ever wanted to badly acted exclaim, "What are we going to do? We can't get back to shore." That was that yeah. a thing you ever wanted to do? Because I, I, you know what thing- I, you know what I've always wanted to do is that I've always just wanted to 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 directly act. use dialogue to describe what I'm doing because I am a serious <laughs> actor on a serious show. Because that was also happening, where it's just sort of mm-hmm. like, oh, let's just like sit here and da, da, da. like they were just openly narrating what they were yep. doing. My, <laughs> like we're not like we're not watching television. <laughs> my favorite part of this scene is so Gary, the guy, he goes to get the raft, and they go, Gary, go get the raft. The moment he gets in there, go, Gary, come back. I'm like, this yeah. is your fault. <laughs> you told him to go get the raft. Yeah. Also, and this is an incredibly dumb and minor complaint, and I admit that. Um, but the dialogue all sounds really fucking ADR'd because oh, yeah. none of it is affected by the wind at all, and it was driving me up a goddamn wall. There's a lot of ADR in this episode. Oh yeah, um, completely ignorant. What is ADR? Uh, it is I, what it's ad- advanced dialogue replacement. I it, believe it's when they go into the studio and they record audio to dub over. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So like yeah. So then, mm-hmm. now that you've pointed that out, yes, there's a yeah. lot. Of that. <laughs> oh yeah. No, they they make heavy use of it on this show, which makes sense because you know you're filming on the beach and the wind is gonna fuck with your on set mic. Sure. It, yeah. It's usually not this. Big. And, and yeah. one might think the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, most of the time it's like they do it fine. It's just this episode stood out as having. There's one oh, yeah. scene very, very, very late in the episode, which is maybe the worst usage of ADR I've ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, so, I'm, I'm curious because it didn't stand out to me. So I'm curious. Uh, yeah, well, maybe it's not in your version. They might have ADR'd it just for mine. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, what happens is a sheriff pulls up and he sees what's happening. Mm-hmm. So he calls Baywatch. They need to get the Point Doom Bluff stat. So mm-hmm. Mitch 
gets the phone call, and okay. for some reason he calls I had over. to pause the episode as soon as I heard the words Point Doom Bluff because I laughed extremely hard. It's and real. Then, and then like I had to rewind to make sure that those were the words that I heard, which then makes me again ask, what, why the fuck are you drinking on a thing that is called Point Doom Bluff? What are you doing? Oh, like, yeah. Well, like, don't worry. It's D-U-M-E. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God. Just like so, so – oh, my God. Just so, – uh, like why would you ever camp there? Why would you that's ever like, camp there? What are you doing? Like in uh, I think it's in Pennsylvania. There's a river called the Murder Kill River. Oh, and yeah. they had someone murder people and bury them in there. And they're like, we never would have suspected Murder Kill River to be inside. <laughs> I'm like, it's Murder Kill River. <laughs> yeah. Little bit of nominative determinism there, if you yeah. ask me. But yeah, anyways, like, so oh no, we I was bit by this automated sorry. dialogue. Oh, okay. Uh, I just didn't want to get tweets about it. Um, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, no. The, yeah. Oh no, I got bit at uh, at Rattlesnake <laughs> Creek. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what bit you? Oh, a rattlesnake. Dude, what the fuck are you doing at Rattlesnake? <laughs> right. Just like yeah, like I I just. I, I could not believe like they they like they're already like hitting you over the head with mm-hmm. like a bunch of foreshadowing about like what's going to happen in this episode. And then they just they really couldn't help themselves. Like yeah. they, they couldn't they couldn't be like, I'm you know, like they couldn't just like say that I'm like, I'm at this section of like recognizable beach and then just like gone with it. No, it had to be point doom bluff. Well, we've had Point Doom appear one time before mm-hmm. okay. uh, in this show, but that was for a motorcycle race. So this is very drastically different as far as the Doom scale goes, you know? Oh, OK. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. seeing it now. So D-U-M. OK. I thought D-U-M. it was I, I thought like no, it was not legitimately, <laughs> I legitimately thought it was like Dr. <laughs> Doom. Like no, it's 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 probably named after Alexander Dumas, and then they fucked it up. Yeah, maybe. that's not what probably. They yeah. Okay. Well, either way, still like again, what are you doing? <laughs> speaking yeah. speaking of Doom, though, Mitch gets the call, and so he calls the most doomed man of all time, Ben, for no fucking reason at all, who we yeah. haven't seen in like. Uh, this is episode 19. I think we haven't seen in 18 episodes. Yeah, something uh, like that. And Ben is like, oh, let me go do something. And then he disappears for the rest of the episode. <laughs> is this yep. is this the uh, the lifeguard that like as soon as they're there to try and go save the kids, like just standing there looking at things? No, just no. Supervising? I had to talk okay. about that because that is. So let's let just talk about it anyways. So, yeah. So Mitch says, OK, Ben, go get Steph, go get Numi, and then get old Barney Rubble, Jim Barnett. So Mitch tells Barn Burnerette to keep an eye on them. And so they just zoom in on him <laughs> staring, which is very, very funny. And then yep. everyone but him gets suited up. And then they do a shot of him getting suited up separately. The most yeah. pointless set of shots ever committed to film. Yeah. Well, they they did have to fill literally eight minutes with this sequence. Oh my um, god, it's so boring. It's so fucking boring. All the all the lifeguards eventually show up and rescue the people, but Mitch is Mitch gets slammed against some rocks. So Numi goes in to rescue him, um, 
And they finally do. And Stephanie says that she'll take care of this incident report and even use small words, which I actually thought was kind of sweet. Uh, that's kind of um, cute. That's kinda yeah. Cute. There's a lot of kind of wow, cute you, moments. In you there. both have way, way less notes about this scene than I No, have. I have lots of notes about okay. this scene. Morgan <laughs> sped through it. We're, yeah, we're, uh, we can we're talk about this scene it. more. I just needed to express to the viewers how it is possible to sum up this entire scene in, in three lines of notes, and it takes eight minutes. Yeah, because, like, I, I, like, just... First of all, I had never heard the term uh, rescue basket before. And so as soon as they say, get the rescue basket, I like I'm watching this alone uh, in in my place with my dog on the couch. And as soon as I heard, you know, like, go get the rescue <laughs> basket, I immediately just instinctively to myself said it puts the teenagers in the rescue basket or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> um, just because like it's I don't know, like, yeah, yeah, they're they're getting all this stuff together and. It just yeah like it's it takes up eight minutes and you described it perfectly that's all that happens but i have so yeah. many notes about how dumb this is <laughs> um yeah baywatch is not afraid of um a very long filler sequence when they yeah run out of other things well they, they have no music to use so they use yeah this. yeah Which and then there's also cool. just go ahead mm-hmm. No, oh, no, ahead, it's just it's it's what bugs me so much about this show is they keep doing these two parters where they like barely have enough material between the two parts for one episode. Like, I yeah. get they're trying to hit like, you know, their their like episode schedule. And so I guess they have to pad some stuff out. But like, my God, like, yeah, no, it's like the, so boring. It's, yeah, no, it's so it's. Yeah, I it was it was very boring, but I was also just like laughing at the scene the entire time because there's so oh, yeah. many things that like don't make sense when you put it together. It's like, OK, mm-hmm. so these teenagers need a raft to get out to this rock and the yes. lifeguards are just like, oh, no, I'm just going to freeform swim it out there in a shorter amount of time, um, mm-hmm. which which which, you know, just it's I guess because makes, they're prime human specimens. And yeah. And I guess and I guess the best that they can do is just have Gary just pedal his weak ass out there fucking Gary <laughs> to get to get to get hammered to get hammered on a rock that's going to submerge in like 30 minutes fucking Paul um, Walker's stunt double over here can't swim <laughs> yeah and like I don't know like it's just uh you know they quickly like save uh, uh Gary and then they quickly save like another one of the women that he dragged out there in this mm-hmm. dumb raft that took too long and and then, like, just, you know, Mitch tries to save the other woman, and it just, it takes forever. And it's because the woman, and I understand this because it's a panic situation, just, like, is like, no, I'm too scared to let go of the rock. And Mitch is, you know, being very patient and trying to get her off. And then, like, I literally just have a note that says, like, even the ocean is tired of this woman. Yes. And just, like, immediately just kind of, like, washes over the rocks and, like, takes both of them out. Yeah, um, yeah it's just... It's so it's it's such it's yeah, it's all dumb filler. Like my, uh, my found as part, many like little things to like drag it out as long as possible. My favorite part is that so Mitch gets swept into the rocks, which hurts him. And then he uh, T poses and becomes Aqua Jesus for a while there <laughs> before they before they have to save him. Mm-hmm. This yeah. whole this whole setup is not what I expected when I heard 
Mitch gets paralyzed. No, like, right? This is not what I expected to be the reason. Yeah, yeah, and and I understand you can't be like super brutal for 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 uh uh for Baywatch or anything like that. But this this has to be the most unconvincing backbreaking scene I have ever seen in oh, like yeah. anything. Like whoa, there's whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> you watch pro wrestling. There's a move called a backbreaker. That those are more convincing. Like, those are way more convincing than what I saw. On <laughs> to a break a back? Nah. Yes. There's, yes. The, what about Absolutely. the one where it's like the, uh, the very the, the one, very like, gentle the very gentle like can't break a stick over your knee because you're a child like bend that wrestlers get on a backbreaker is more convincing than whatever was happening in this. <laughs> what about the uh, Lex Luger? I'm going to put you on my shoulders and jump. Yeah, and no, down a bit more, more convincing than this. Easily. Oh, my God. Because wow. because again, again, the back bends in those scenarios and at least like they're like putting is like uh, a move where you can actually see like sort of like you know like the back bend or you can like see them like fall back and like take a bump or whatever uh, they should they like, should pay this, you to comment on wrestling to be like this this makes sense don't worry <laughs> i mean like it, it makes more sense than what i saw here this was so bad <laughs> yes like it, like i mean you like you joke about like aqua jesus but like literally that's kind of like what it looks like and it's oh yeah like i don't know it's like it it looks more like he's he's getting like his back rubbed against uh like the edge of a wave pool more than like <laughs> yeah. more than like actually like getting hurt. It's it's so it is so unconvincing. And they didn't even have the decency like with all of the ADR usage that they had to like do like a walnut crack into like a microphone like it's <laughs> ASMR or something to like to okay, like at oh, least my back. Oh, to yeah. like at least to at least like cover for the fact that this is this is just so weak looking. OK, so so what if what if we reshot the scene and so you have him being thrown into, uh, you know, the wall or the rocks there and he just goes, oh, my back, I think I may never walk again. Would that, <laughs> that be better? <laughs> I mean, they do that anyway, and I'm still unconvinced, so probably not. <laughs> like, they, they, I don't know what they needed to do, but they need to do something a lot more. Not like what do happens. this episode. That's yeah. Probably, yeah, probably just, like, Gotta. take whatever the plot of this is and just, like, throw it in the trash. Just, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at least it is, again, like, I think we, last time I was on, Newman was there as well. And you both pointed out that he's, like, an actual lifeguard and stuff like that. Yes. And once again, even in all this filler... It shows. He's um, also the uh, leg double for Mitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Mitch has chicken legs, so Numi's double, uh, legs would be his legs. Yeah. Yep. Again, yeah. Newman is a real American hero. Um, the rest <laughs> of this, the, the rest of this, uh, like the rest of the scene is cheeks, though. It's, it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of cheeks, uh, Mitch goes to the hospital uh, <laughs> where nothing, no, no. No, don't, don't worry. I, okay. I'm getting there. All right. uh, every single hospital scene in this entire series is Cheeks. Oh, my what? God. What What do you mean? What, what do you mean? Cheeks? Yeah, Cheeks means bad. Oh, OK. Yeah. So you say like, oh, that was that was Cheeks. It means you, you hate it. I've yeah. never heard that before. Oh, Morgan. Wow. wow. Sorry for confusing you're supposed to be the young one. one. So, yeah. so sorry for confusing you for the past. Why is Reese talking about cheeks? <laughs> I, you know, I was just kind of is, running with it. Is, I mean, 
I mean, David Hasselhoff does have high cheekbones, and they're very pinchable, but yeah. god damn. It, it, it is. I understand why it's weird, because cheeks is bad, but bussy is good. Right? <laughs> so, like... <laughs> god damn it. Oh, God. I'm talking about this scene. Uh, to get us back on track. <laughs> Did uh, you... Yeah. Wait, wait, Morgan. Did mm-hmm. you think while watching this scene that Mitch was gonna like be like please take my copy of Wuthering Heights <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't yeah. say that I did but uh yeah he's he's laid up pretty bad after this and Hobie's trying to take care of him which is sweet um yeah and the doctor comes in and is like hey Mitch we should talk privately uh and so he's like uh you have serious damage to your spinal cord um, but you'll be okay. And then he goes out of the room and talks to Stephanie. He's like, he's oh, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. Actually, can we cut some of that? I have an idea. I want you all to react like you just heard this news for the first time and you really, really deeply care about it. Okay. And I can retell okay. what the doctor t- tells Mitch. Sure. Okay. okay. So Mitch asks about his test results and the doctor says, there are no breaks. We react to this. Oh, okay. Okay, we gotta redo this. Okay, gotta redo. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry. You're supposed to act like you just heard this news for the first time, and you really, really care about it. Okay. Okay. Take two. Let's go. Okay. Okay. So Mitch asks about his test results, and the doctor says there are no breaks. Oh my God! Can you believe it? Uh. (laughs) But. Huh? Huh? There's serious damage to the spinal cord. No! <laughs> the compression of the accident caused bruising. Oh, Not God. Bruising. It may take some time before the swelling goes down. Oh, I'm as confused time. as I am contused. You may <laughs> never walk again. Oh, you. Better? My legs. So much better. Thank you. <laughs> 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 My God. tiny little chicken legs. <laughs> Not my skinny calves. How oh, am I ever going to strut my stuff again? Oh, God. <laughs> they say a chicken can live with his head cut off, but what about without my legs? <laughs> What, um. what is a chicken without its legs? Um. You can't have chicken little without legs. <laughs> he um. would be chicken even littler at that point. <laughs> but oh god, um. good lord! Are we going to be able to use any of that, Jesus? <laughs> Who knows? God, we'll see what happens when we edit. Yeah. All right. Um. The doctor goes out to tell Stephanie that uh, he doesn't want to tell Mitch the real odds because, as Mitch once said, never tell me the real odds. B- uh, by the way, I'm pretty sure that was Mitch Buchanan. Uh, this is all awful, awful, awful bedside manner from the doctor. Oh, Just yeah. Like the, we've nope. we've all been poisoned by the phrase like in the past two years or so. But this this really does feel like a HIPAA violation. Like you don't oh, you yeah. don't yeah. you don't lie to your patient like this. Like you don't be like you're going to like, oh, there's a contusion and da, 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 but mm-hmm. you're going to be fine if you just 
believe in yourself and then like leave the room being like, okay, don't, don't everything Guy's I just fucked. said in there, this dude is so screwed. Yeah. Like he has this, a this 5% done. chance of ever walking again. Well, don't yeah. worry. If you, physical you, you like, you literally say that like actually to the patient yeah. and you know, like, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, what, are, what are you doing? Don't, <laughs> yeah. well, don't, like, don't worry because this is Dr. Bonin. Named yeah. after Gregory Saint Gregory J. Bonin, patron saint of Baywatch and thigh gaps. I'm sure that he has some <laughs> sort of mir- third miracle God. he can do yeah. and cure Mitch's um, back enough enough to cure his back so that yeah uh, in our next ep not next episode but two episodes from now Mitch can start kickboxing. Oh boy, yeah. I'm looking so that's, forward to that. That's going to be his third miracle. Yeah. I was about um, to say, and all, all thanks to the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because how the fuck are you going to do that otherwise? Um, <laughs> I, he is Aqua Jesus. Yeah. Aqua, exactly. Yeah. No, he, uh, as they call he, 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 he was, he was, he was metaphorically nailed to those rocks for our sins. Um, <laughs> so so this scene I love as well, because what happens is, is Stephanie tells Hobie, you need to go back to... Uh, or go go talk to your dad, mm-hmm. and so that way she can then go talk to Doctor Bonin, mm-hmm. Bonin, whatever. And uh, Hobie just is like, "Okay, I'll walk away. Then I'll come back." So he waits around the corner. Yeah. And so at the end, we get this Oscar-worthy shot <laughs> of it's this like zoom in and pan from crying Stephanie down to crying Hobie as Hobie walks away. And I was like. They they filmed this whole scene just so they could have this one shot. I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything else is just window dressing or like building back to the single the single yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I would also like to talk okay. to you. Sincere oh, question to both first. of you: Was the yes. crying real in that scene? Were were the actual were the actors producing like actual tears? Or do you think that they did the whole trick with the eye drops and stuff like that right in the corner of their eyes? I'm going to say Mitch did real because I feel like David Hasselhoff likes his character enough that he felt like, oh, wow, this is really sad for Mitch. Yeah. Okay. Like, look, David Hasselhoff isn't actually that bad of an actor. He's just hammy and he's hammy enough that he could make himself cry. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I like that scene. I thought the, it was good in that scene. Yeah, uh, the just the fact that it was like the the stereotypical like single tear, which is no. He like, had two tears. Well, okay. There he was, cried once, then he cried a second. They cut away and they cut back and he cried again. Yeah. Okay, so two. That's double tears. the tears. <laughs> Being super unappreciative of David Hasselhoff, apparently. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Being I'm being a hater, straight yes. up haterade. Just hating on David Hasselhoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just being, yeah, just, just being like, uh, I don't know. So being mean. I, I would like to tell you a little bit about the next scene. Oh, please. Because uh, I have some research I did. Um, Go ahead. Because the next thing we see is Mitch is taken to the West Hills Rehabilitation Center. Uh-huh. So this is not a real place, at least not in California. Especially not within driving distance to Malibu. Uh, there is one in Portland, Oregon, and one in uh, Coropolis, Pennsylvania. At least that's what I thought at first, because I couldn't find. <laughs> <What? in. laughs> 
<laughs> and then I started doing more than 10 minutes of digging. And then I found one in Canoga Park, which is about a one hour drive from Venice Beach, 45 minute drive from Malibu. The This rehab center has 3.9 out of five stars from 21 Google reviews. 98.8% uh, of the staff are COVID-19 vaccinated, while 92.9% of the residents are. Uh, okay. As well, if you'd like, I found a very funny picture of some seniors being told that there's no bingo this week, uh, but instead there's belly dancers, and there's an old man being very shocked by a belly dancer trying to get him to dance. And here is that photo. Look at this Yelp picture. <laughs> I mean... Huh. No bingo for these seniors. Or maybe, I love that this exists. Or this maybe very good. Or maybe one specific bingo. Um, <laughs> it's just like O sixty four. That's it. Oh god. I um, also I am also really enjoying um, this horrifying picture. Um, <laughs> To which the caption says, our food is not Wolfgang Pucks, but we serve quality food that is balanced and meets multiple diets that your physician orders. Multiple diets. What is where are the multiple diets in here? <laughs> um, pickles. Uh, I'm assuming chicken. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was fish. It looks oh, more like fish? chicken thighs to me. It looks like a chicken and a fish. It's like a half chicken, half fish it's hybrid. A, it's a it's a ficken. It's Chish. <laughs> Tuna um, because it's chicken of the sea. Also, this hallway is terrifying. I mean, that looks like it's out of nineteen, like the nineteen eighties or like ninety three. Oh boy, I've ooh, I've seen that artwork piece <laughs> up in the right corner does not help at all. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is definitely um, one of the later Nightmare on Elm Street hallways for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, like yeah, this is. This is either like Halloween five or like Nightmare on Elm Street four or something like you know, this is kind of like because because all all roads lead to a mental ward when it comes to horror movies. So, <laughs> yes. um, yeah, that's I don't know. Yep. You not, know what would not a lot of good hallway right uh, if you if you put like in every single bit of open space possible, you put a Jackson Pollock in there. I think that <laughs> might help. Yeah. When, when in doubt, splatter paintings. Um, <laughs> when in doubt, splat it out. There we go. Mm, mm, oh, mm, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's like fine. It. It's fine in this context. Don't make it dirty. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Michael. I thought I was the horny one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the Puritan. <laughs> I don't like any of this stuff. I'm <laughs> I'm the I'm the one. Uh, I'm Nancy Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> The throat goat? You can't, you can't just, hold on. <laughs> yes, yes, I am the throat goat. You can't, you can't just Nancy Reagan your way out of this one. This, <laughs> this, I, I can this. suck off all of my crimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for a specific crime, I don't want to get super morbid, but that would have made it worse. <laughs> I assume you know about the Nancy, uh, the Nancy Reagan throat goat stuff. Me? Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, there was, uh, yeah, there was no escaping Twitter. it. Yeah. You're yeah. on Twitter. There was no For escaping it. people who it. don't know, um, just, I guess, Google search 
Nancy Reagan blowjobs? Yeah. Don't don't do that. Do Nancy Reagan throat. <laughs> I was about to say yeah. you're probably you're probably not gonna get the real Nancy Reagan if you Google that. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get hentai, which everyone's fine with that. We talk about hentai all the time on this podcast, yeah. right? God. Twice. But uh, I don't know. Oh, to, to ruin the Google search, there's a very substantiated rumor to the point to where it's like in some uh I think almost official biographies but i think most of them are <laughs> in the library of congress <laughs> yeah in the library of congress um no but that like you know apparently nancy reagan uh was was very good at oral sex mm-hmm. um i i have i have mixed feelings about that day <laughs> on twitter <laughs> I, have, is, I have mixed feelings because, what is the mix <laughs> yeah well okay the 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 mix is is because i i was i was enjoying it just as much as everybody else because it's always fun to watch that's what uh, they said too when nancy <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> I, I am about to be a real Whoa, hey okay, i'm about sorry. to be a real downer and i apologize especially with you making a joke like that um is it because she's dead no it's not because she's dead it's it's like look she's a monster mm-hmm. yeah you know like screw, like yeah. yeah like she like the the AIDS epidemic was made exponentially worse by her and her husband. And same mm-hmm. thing with, yes. with, with the drug war. The, yeah. the thing that kind of like sort of brought it down a little bit for me is that somebody pointed out, it was just kind of like, Hey, you do know that like probably a lot, a lot of that, like oral favors that she did in the MGM grand lot were probably coerced because she's not yeah. a person with power in that situation. And I don't know. Yeah. It just, it really did kind of like torpedo, uh, yeah. A lot of the enjoyment that I had of it. That being said, um, I I don't shed very many tears for <laughs> for Nancy Reagan, uh, yeah. if at all, because um, <laughs> uh, just say no. The drugs was a uh, terrible terrible campaign mm-hmm. that didn't work. And uh, same thing goes with just deciding to you know be abstinence only with with dealing with like the AIDS epidemic was also very unhelpful and wrong oh, yeah. and uh, monstrous if we're going to be completely honest. And oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, also just being the, uh, the opening of the hell mouth of uh, religious right wing politics into the national mm-hmm. zeitgeist does not, does not make me think of her fondly. Anyways, this has yeah, been, I'm- this has <laughs> been Reeves. This has been Reeves torpedoing his uh, public radio career. Um, <laughs> By, by taking by taking a political stance on a podcast. <laughs> I can't imagine most KEXP listeners are huge Nancy Reagan fans. If I sure. had to take a guess. If anything, I'm sure they are of the small minority of people who have been tweeting Ron Reagan Jr. and asking him what his thoughts are on the throat goat. <laughs> God. Which is evil. Yeah, all the people hilarious. Ask, like, are you fucking kidding me? Yes, yeah. that's the point. That uh, is, in God. fact, the point. God. Uh, moving on, let's moving. Meet Jason, Please. <laughs> the kid who is like ten years old and in a wheelchair. Wow, yes. I feel shitty now. Yeah, this kid is uh, is Duan Joy, who we mentioned earlier, who plays a somewhat similar kid in Candyman. Um, he but, is in this episode, maybe my least favorite actor. He's, I mean, he's a kid. I give him a lot of, you know, leeway. And he has and honestly lot. with 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 a lot of like, I've already sort of made my position pretty clear 
Uh, Nobody cares. How, how demured on I am on all of the acting in this episode. So I, I just felt it was par for the course. Like it was just kind of like, he look. Acts, he acts like how I talk in real yeah. life. And that's not good as an acting <laughs> style. Don't act like how I talk. I mean, I, I can tell you from my memory of Little Giants that that he's much better in that movie. <laughs> oh, so I have yeah, something to look much forward better to. In Candyman too. Yeah, it, it like, kind of seems it kind of seems like the material and the direction that he was given was probably not very good because this yes. is um I don't know I I mean we're, we're what how many how many how many how many hours are we in here we're an hour and a half in this damn thing um yeah <laughs> yeah this this is a Baywatch podcast you should you should know that the direction <laughs> the direction in acting in Baywatch is bad <laughs> mm-hmm. most of the time yes yeah speaking of which. Speaking of bad acting, it's time to meet the good cop and also Dr. Zach. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So we find out that the good cop has spent over a year working on a case uh, because Jason, this kid in a wheelchair, took a bullet to the spine to protect his older brother who got involved with gangs. And Jason's brother died, and Jason is the only witness. So this cop badly acts his way through describing that he bought the kid from Chicago to L.A. because he needs to keep him safe. Really an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Really an idea. Yeah. When. (laughs) But but the next scene is so much better because we get 90s Hobie fashion, which has definitely become cool again. And look, if any listeners to this podcast watch this episode and can find that T-shirt, please send it to us. Please. I badly want this t-shirt that hobie has badly it is so good it's striped uh green with two different shades of blue it's so good and i need it to exist i mean i'm sure it exists somewhere don't you ruin this for me oh okay never mind you're <laughs> i'm saying, you're, agreeing with you <laughs> I, i'm sure it does but i haven't looked at all fair so i mean i haven't either um, want it. I'm going to assume it doesn't exist so that you can yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah. but yes, is this it's inc- is this- God, it's, it's an incredible it's an incredible idea just to be like I am I am a Chicago police department officer. I need to take this child away from Chicago to keep him safe. Let me take him to early 90s LA. <laughs> just yeah. Yeah. A thought process that none of us have ever had. Just like, yeah, like I like. Uh, if you like, want to keep dude, that boy safe, there are fucking Maine. The, yeah, I, even then, like there, the, south of Chicago, there is an entire state of Illinois that has nothing in it. You just take <laughs> this kid and you just like drop him in fucking Peoria, and you'll be fine. What are you doing? <laughs> also. Like, Dragging so, him across like two mountain ranges and like several states <laughs> to, so the, get, the to get to California. The ostensible reason they give for bringing the kid here is because like this is the best physical rehab center and they need the kid to be able to walk again so that he can testify. But he's also not going to walk. Ever. OK, yeah. No, thank you. That's yeah. a huge what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. He can testify Lord. if he's in this rehab center. What the fuck? Yeah. Why, why would you need a rehab center for a kid you've already told he'll never walk again? Yeah. Like, you could just put him in a safe house or put him under, 
you know, government watch or something. Totally. And and also like if nothing else, waiting a little bit longer to put him in physical therapy isn't going to do anything if he's never going to walk again. Also, 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 they say the key is that nobody knows who he is. Doesn't seem the safest thing. So they're like, okay. The safest way to ensure his safety is to put him in a place where he's just going to fall, spoilers, fall out of his chair all the time, and uh, random older men are going to come find him, and you don't know, they could murder him, it could be, you know, those gang members who keep guns in their wheelchairs and just shoot people. I don't fucking (laughs) know how gangs work, but it could be them. Yeah. Um, In fairness, the doctor is also not a fan of this plan, as near as I could tell. Yeah, because yeah. he's smart. He's educated, unlike mm-hmm. this detective. Um, but after this, uh, we get to see Jason trying to play with a kitten, but he he can't reach the kitten. <laughs> so, so I made a I made a typo in my notes that says Jason tries to pick up a cat, but it's too fart away. Uh, <laughs> that's just making me laugh. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it too fart. I, I love it. Is it is it the kitten that's farting or Jason that's farting? We'll let you decide. It's mm-hmm. the wheels. The, it's the, the squeaky wheels. Listeners, tweet at us and tell us who you think farted. Um, <laughs> Is it one of us? Who knows? <laughs> uh, but Mitch Mitch sees this and feels bad for Jason, so he goes and picks up the kitten and gives him over to Jason. Um, but then we get to meet Sophie Jones, who yes. is a sassy physical therapist who tells Mitch that he's too hot to be stuck in a wheelchair. Which yeah. kind of sucks. What? No, um, no. There's, no. Yeah. It's the way not she, great. The, the way she does it is she's is she just hitting on him. The way I read it is she's just hitting on him. I, I agree that she is hitting on him. But also what she's saying is you are too hot to be stuck in a wheelchair. Which I guess I didn't sucks. read it as that. <laughs> as more just like her personality type is specifically that it, even if it weren't Mitch, she would probably be doing the same thing to encourage them to, you know, like want to get moving. Sure. I don't disagree with that. But again, what she's saying and and specifically what I think sucks is saying you are too hot to be stuck in a wheelchair like that. Just like kind of sucks for people who are stuck in a wheelchair like that. I, I don't know. I don't that she doesn't specifically say that. She says she says it would be it would be a shame if you never walked again because I wouldn't get to see your cute butt or whatever. No, she Um, says, I'm going to do everything we can to get you out of that chair because I want to see those buns up and moving. Yeah, which I don't know. It felt a little weird to me. I I mean, that's weird. But at the same time, I don't see it. And I I mean, I'm open to being wrong here. Um, But I I uh, I saw it more as just like. Not her disparaging people in everybody else in wheelchairs, but as like jokingly saying like, like, you got a good butt. I want to see that. butt." yeah, that's that's the way I saw it. But I'm open to being wrong here on this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I think by the standards of this show, it's not even particularly terrible, even by my interpretation. It just stuck out to me as being. A little eh. Um, But yes, she is. She is here and she is introducing herself. And then Mitch is like, all right, I'm ready to meet my physical therapist. And she's like, guess what? Surprise, your physical therapist has been me all along. Um, And Mitch and Stephanie look very confused by this. 
I think um, Mitch is shocked that someone so horny could be his physical therapist. <laughs> uh, also, earlier she she saw she met Hobie and she says, "I'm speaking for all the women on the planet now. Don't you go breaking our hearts." And then mm-hmm. she tells Mitch that Hobie's even more handsome than Mitch's, uh, which again, she seems like she's very horny. Yes. And I, I do kind of, I, so first off, given context on the show, it's nice to see a black character on the show whose character isn't um, black. It's their yes. character is, I have something else. And especially since it's, I'm a woman and I'm horny. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, progressive and on all fronts, sort of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, for Baywatch, very progressive. Yeah, sort of, I would say so, so. Sort of doing a lot of work, but I will also err on the side of the people that actually watch Baywatch regularly if it's like that much better than than previous episodes because I believe you have for sure no idea how much better it is it, oh, it, Reeve, that is give you that context. is both that is both a huge relief and a great disappointment moving yes. on <laughs> give you quick context basically in the show every time someone who's black who isn't officer Garner appears it's because uh, yes they're in relation to other black people existing. Like, for example, season two, episode one, where Shawnee goes to the hood to go teach the poor black children, a white woman. Um, and she's going uh, to save them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now you yeah, understand. The show is normally very bad about race. I've seen Blindside. I know where this is going. <laughs> so, yes. So now you understand how awesome it was to see two black characters in this episode who weren't in there because they're in relation to another black person they're just black people who exist and have a character that was like that's normal level shit but for 1993 Baywatch holy shit that's like galaxy brain yeah okay that's that is helpful um good okay cool uh, good to know. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I think it also helps that like, uh, I don't know, since you went through the cast list earlier and, and you mentioned, uh, sort of like Kiki's like success, like outside of this show. Um, I think it also kind of shows in, in this episode that like, I don't know, I feel like, uh, I mean, knowing like what other like actors sort of like do, outside of their time on, on this particular episode of Baywatch, it's, it's kind of disappointing because it's like, wow, Baywatch really did sort of lower, (laughs) like, like your actual abilities and you weren't really able to shine, but it kind of feels like Kiki's like the closest one from being able to break out of it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, like I, I remember being kind of like a little annoyed, like a little bit, but at like the same time, just kind of being like, all right, you're supposed to be the wacky character. So, so be wacky. And, yeah. And and also like be the only like character so far that's been uh interesting. <laughs> yeah. She's she's definitely so interesting. Far. Yeah. No, I will I will say she's got fucking charisma. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why I like her. Yeah, Kiki Kiki Shepherd fucking pops in this episode. Um in a way that I don't think we've ever really seen anyone pop on this yeah. show. Um but the standout yeah. for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, after after this, we get a brief scene where Sam, the cop, calls Chicago to tell them that Jason is safe. Wait, uh, the cop has a name? They very briefly mention it 
I think during this phone call. Whoa. Um, and so Sam is the good cop, correct? Uh, huh, there's no such thing as good cops. <laughs> uh, in cat. this episode, God. Yes, the, the <laughs> cop who is in the office with Dr. Zach. Okay. Okay. Um, I, in my notes, I literally just have Larry Zonka because that's I, I like <laughs> Mystery Theater 3000 references and football. Oh, yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. But yeah, it turns out the detective in Chicago is kind of shady and calls someone to tell them where Jason is. Um, right when you thought you could trust the Chicago Police Department. <laughs> you, you know, you know, how and, I the LAPD, and the LAPD and the notoriously, you know, trustworthy police department. <laughs> the two, the two most <laughs> trustworthy police departments in America up there with oh, I, I knew up there bad. with New York City's and Seattle's just mm-hmm. great, great stuff. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I knew this cop would be bad when one, his last name was Riddick and two, he had a Cubs flag <laughs> in the background. Right. His last, the his last name is Riddick. Yeah, his name was Detective oh my Riddick. God. Frank oh Riddick. Oh my god! Wow. Um, they should have cast Vin Diesel. Yeah, Young Vin Diesel. God, that would have been so good. <laughs> I know, right? Fuck, I want to see Vin Diesel in Baywatch. What a twist! <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have to say, really quick, mm-hmm. did did either of you get the sense that they like? filmed this scene like on site with the rehab center and then we're like quick make this room look like chicago because <laughs> like cubs I, go yeah like <laughs> qu- quick put a put a cubs pennant in the back and and mm-hmm. I, what what does the illinois state flag look like i don't know let's just get a flag that has illinois written on it and see if anybody notices um <laughs> which maybe that was the illinois state flag i don't know it like it, like that was the only thing bad yeah i i i do know that um Our, ours but, <laughs> Okay, yeah, Washington. Washington State's is okay. Like Washington, Washington State's plays it safe, and yeah. uh, then you have states like my 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 adoptive home state of uh, of Colorado, where they were like, let's let's take the worst part of seventies design and put it on a flag, um, mm-hmm. and I and I unironically love it. So um, <laughs> yeah, the Illinois put state it, flag put it on precious. everything, and like I will buy it. <laughs> The Illinois state flag is horrible looking. It looks like a Ben Garrison cartoon. Uh, oh, God. If you look at it, there's a bald eagle on it that just looks so shitty. <laughs> look it up. You got to look it up. I'm, I am looking right now. Um, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Okay. So it was the an actual Illinois state flag then. I just like saw that it said oh Illinois God. on it. The bald eagle has an eye patch? Why? <laughs> when I go, sure. Pirate yeah, I mean, eagle. Why not? All of a sudden, yeah. this got really cool. Um, yeah. Point <laughs> is, the Illinois state flag sucks. Sorry, anyone from Illinois who is who is listening and is really big into their own state flag. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not the podcast. For I'm beginning. You. I'm beginning to realize why I see the Chicago city flag on everything instead of the Illinois state flag. This is kind of. Yeah. Now this leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of a lot to be desired. Moving on. Sophie tells Mitch they're going to use the therapy therapy pool every day to make him feel at home. She mm-hmm. then asks Mitch if he's ever been in the armed forces and he says he was in the Navy SEALs, which I think I think we knew that. I think there Did was we? Episode. I thought that was the first time we had learned it cuz I wrote that down as like what the fuck? There's but an episode where there's a guy Oh, I was thinking of an episode where Court, I think, was. Yeah. Court. Yeah, so this must be the first time. Yeah. 
Court, definitely, we knew. But um, I think this is the first time we learned with Mitch. Which, which, I mean, like, okay, fine. Like, whatever. I I can see him not talking about the Navy SEALs much. Like, it fits within his character. He wouldn't want to talk about it. Because we also found out he had a job before he was a lifeguard for a a very small amount of time. And he doesn't, he doesn't want to talk about it because he didn't like it. And that's fair. I get it. Um, But as, as, as an army bread, I do have to say that as soon as the note that I have is like, as soon as it announced like, oh, he's a former Navy SEAL. No wonder he fucked up swimming. It's just something I got to say as an army brat. I got to make fun of me. <laughs> I got to do it. I got to do it. It's, well, it's Sophie, required. It's got to be, it's got to be law. Uh, go army, uh, beat Navy. Um, Interesting. there we yeah. go. Mm. I, I, I didn't. Shipman is a dumb name really, for a uh, team there. I'm done. We weren't really picking sides on this podcast, but okay, I guess we've <laughs> this is side. Sorry, in 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 the in the longest rivalry within uh, the United States, which is of course go land idiots beat sea idiots. I've got to take a side, and that's land idiots. <laughs> They're okay. better. All right. Okay. Well, Sophie also uh, picked the land idiots because mm-hmm. she says the Navy yeah. SEALs sounds like a summer camp, and he says it was the it most amazing thing. He's ever been through, and she says, "Until now." Mm-hmm. And then uh, we see a room full of people in physical therapy, and you can yep. see it dawn on Mitch just like how hard it's going to be. Oh yeah! And this is the point where Sophie ditches some of the character a bit and says, "You know, there's no room for self pity if you want to get out of the chair." And you can see Mitch like realizing as he's looking at people all struggling. That, okay, yeah, I got to put in some work and I do want to walk again and let's give it a shot. So she introduces Mitch to everyone and says he'll meet them all in therapy sessions, which I hope we see. Oh, God, yeah. That's going to be not good amazing, but bad amazing. Oh, yeah. This this was one of the few like nice highlights of the episode where it actually depicted their like physical therapy as kind of like empowering and like really difficult. Like mm. that was, I don't know. I, I was like, that was like the one thing like after the episode where I was like that, that's an actual highlight. That's a genuine, like good thing that it, I felt like it depicted that aspect of physical therapy. Like, well, like not, Most not shows like don't. Yeah. Like a lot of shows, like, yeah, a lot of shows don't. So it like the fact that they were just sort of like, yeah, like everybody that's like doing the physical therapy right now is is just as tough as you, you dumb former Navy SEAL guy. Like that, that felt kind of, <laughs> that, that felt like actually like legitimately good. Like that felt like pretty much, if there's one thing that they did well in this episode, I will say like unapologetically, it was that this, these two minutes were actually good. 10 out of 10, no notes. Wow. 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 Yeah. What about the next scene? Um, not 10 out of 10, <laughs> lots of notes. <laughs> You didn't. Okay. Uh, yeah, to give to give a brief description of this scene, uh, Mitch is leaving physical therapy and he finds Jason lying on his side in the hallway, having spilled all his baseball cards and helps out Jason. Um, the editing and acting here is yeah. uh, amateurish, I guess is the way to describe it. Lots yes. to be desired. Yeah. Um, but after that, uh, we see the two of them outside. And Jason is telling Mitch where to find the best candy bars. <laughs> He's very excited. He, he doesn't. Oh, like, These are the best candy bars that are scooped up here in the lobby. <laughs> Which is very fun, but also proves that David Hasselhoff is maybe at his best when he's with kids. Yeah. Uh, like he's yeah. really good with kids. 
So Mitch and Jason talk about baseball cards, and Jason has a rookie 89 Griffey, which now that I've watched the secret base video on the Mariners, is even more impressive. Thank you, Reese, for that suggestion. Um, and then Jason says, without taking a single breath, this is a Ted Williams card. It's an OK card, but now it's viable as an autograph Ted Williams card, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, and then I he says his brother died. Could not make out that dialogue. Um, yeah. yeah. He's talking his, about Ted Williams, and he's got uh, a... His baseball card collection is, is pretty legit. That, yeah. yeah. He has two cards. They've, they've only mentioned the two cards, but, like, if those if those are, like, your your two top cards, you, you could do a lot worse. Like, especially with the King Griffey rookie card. Like, that's... Oh, yeah, that's worth money. Yeah, like that's he he could make he could make uh, probably even in 90s money, like hundreds of dollars off of, I think, probably those two cards alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, so then Jason uh, makes makes a funny. He says he's never going to walk again. He only has two chances, Slim and none. And Slim just left town. Mm hmm. He is delivered with just timing um yeah uh-huh. <laughs> i i don't know if i should watch him in little giants he's so much better yeah um, <laughs> i don't i don't like his acting in this yeah. Uh, yeah. this episode i am very willing to blame the directing for that though oh yeah you know I, i'm willing to believe douglas schwartz fucked this up because <laughs> fucking De- deborah and douglas schwartz who all the main writers of this show suck it's the mm-hmm. guest directors and guest writers who are better yeah, um, but so anyways, and Jason, here I am <laughs> watching watching the good shit. Um, yeah, the best stuff. So Jason Jason tells Mitch that he's lucky because Mitch mm-hmm. has an actual chance of walking again, and Jason would give anything to have that chance. Which makes it weirder. Again, why the fuck are you here? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And he he then asks Mitch if Mitch would save the girl. Again, if he knew that all of this was going to happen and Mitch is like, yeah, absolutely. And then asks Jason, would you save your brother again if you knew what was going to happen? Jason's like, uh, I literally had no choice. He was my brother, which I, I got to say, it felt like a weird, shitty question to ask a kid. Um, like, it feels a little better when you're asking an adult as a kid because you can, you know, have some childlike innocence. Um, but for Jason to ask it of Mitch felt fucking weird to me. No, Mitch um, Taskett Jason. Or Mitch Taskett of Jason, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he's like, hey, Mitch, I got a secret. Uh, turns out I'm a witness. And Mitch is like, don't worry, I won't tell anyone. So then they race. Mitch Mitch said snitches get stitches, so he's mm-hmm. going to keep it safe with him. Mm-hmm. Not uh, literally, but figuratively. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I, maybe. I, I would have a much more positive. I would have a much more positive review of the show if if David Hasselhoff, as Mitch said the said the literal <laughs> words, "snitches get stitches." Like, do you know be, the? It would be you know way the, better. Um, Paul Bettany snitches get stitches thing. Uh, no. So, so <laughs> when you know for Vision. Um, oh God! At every single like public appearance, uh, he would take a point like in in when they're interviewing him to say, "And guys, what do I say? Snitches get stitches." And you could see everybody like face palm. They're like, "Stop! You you have to you have to stop doing this every <laughs> single time." And there's like one one interview where Elizabeth Olsen goes, "Paul, 
you're gonna say snitches get stitches we get it and he goes snitches get stitches that's right elizabeth thank you very good and you can just uh, see her going going fuck we're never gonna get in to stop doing this and it's like <laughs> so funny <laughs> wow yeah i love it it sounds very good it's good. um let's see after that uh Oh, we do, at the end of that scene, we see that someone is watching them from a car. Ooh. Um, and then we see that Hobie and Jason have become friends. And we and, and we clearly see that it's the bad cop. Like, it's it's very clear. Detective right? Riddick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Detective Riddick. And um, I don't know, the, the thought I had, like, right before they cut to commercial, like, right as they're, like, showing him, like, do the dramatic, like, stand outside a car so you can clearly see it's the bad cop. Um, mm-hmm. Like, my immediate thought was just sort of like, so is the good cop just, like, chilling in Chicago being like, man, I wonder where my partner is? Like, <laughs> I guess so. Like, <laughs> Great question. Yeah. Like, is, is Larry Zonka just, like, sitting there just, like, in the uh, the very adjacent office, which looks exactly the same, but it's a White Sox pennant in the background <laughs> going, like, where's Reddick? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Whenever he's not on screen, everyone should be asking, where's Reddick? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the true Poochie of Baywatch. <laughs> um, he's, but, gone, he's gone to his home planet of L.A. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but we, we learn at this point that Sophie is going to take Mitch and Jason to the beach. Because uh, Jason's never been to the beach before. Do you remember um, how how what Jason because does? because the beaches on Lake Michigan do not count. Yeah. <laughs> I, when, I do not. So Jason just shouts the beach. Well, you're lucky. I've only seen pictures of the beach. Yeah, um, which is very excited as a response. Yeah. Um. But once they go to the beach, uh, oh we, uh, wait, we mm-hmm. should also add. Mitch is going to go as well, and he's going to take his Canadian tuxedo with him. Oh, boy, is he. He's really been uh, digging the Canadian tuxedo this season. It's sure a look. Yeah. Um. A great look. Okay, now we're going to fight. This is this was this was another highlight for me. I'm just kidding. I'm not right. You like the Canadian tuxedo? I mean, it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, all denim. A thing that that was a good idea from about 1985 to about. 1991, which I purposely hmm, so ended before 1993 to kind of suggest that maybe at this point David Hasselhoff should know better. But so you're yeah. saying you're saying if I got you say for Christmas uh, or whenever this podcast is released, whatever holiday, MLK Day is not the right holiday. <laughs> what, what holiday? I don't know. But uh, get you a Canadian tuxedo, you wouldn't wear it. Hmm. <laughs> um, this episode will, I believe, let me Google real quick. Uh, the closest holiday is like Martin Luther King Day. That's the problem. Uh, no, actually, yeah. the, closest, the closest holiday uh, that will have just passed will have been Valentine's Day. Oh, OK. So for Valentine's Day, what if I got you a Canadian tuxedo? Would you wear it? <laughs> Would you be my Valentine, Reeves? Don't don't tell your girlfriend. Inside inside me, there are two wolves. The wolf that says, (laughs) the wolf that says, wear Canadian tuxedo on your Valentine's date with with your partner. And then the other wolf is like, no, what are you doing? (laughs) Even saying that out loud is a terrible idea. 
I'm going to message your girlfriend and say, hey, uh, we're getting Reeves a joint Valentine's Day present. <laughs> it is a Canadian tuxedo. I'll get one piece. You get the other piece. Let's go. <laughs> oh, God. God. Hey, um, it might, it, we might actually do it. I so mean, I, I, I do come from, uh, like... Great tuxedo lineage. From, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean... Are you family, my mask family, from Sailor my, Moon? No. My my family is from eastern Colorado, and then, like, most of my mom's side of the family is from uh, Nebraska. So, I, I yeah. like, by, I, by lineage, am, am not above a, a, <laughs> a all-denim outfit. Yeah. I, like, in fact, in fact, I think, you know, like, there needs, there probably already exists a picture of me wearing an all-denim outfit somewhere. Ooh. <gasps> Yeah. Ooh, I want to see that. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, if you find it, you legally have to send it to us. Mm-hmm, that's how it works. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's verbally um, binding. <laughs> uh, but yes, we get to see once they all get to the beach that Hobie and Jason are going to go play. Uh, Hobie's going to rollerblade while pushing Jason in his wheelchair, um, and they are being followed by the bad cop. Um, and the bad and it it should be mentioned that the bad cop did say over the phone when he was like when it like clearly showed that he was the bad cop like don't worry I'll make it look like an accident <laughs> yes, and then yes, that's important and then he and then he proceeds to uh like even at the start of this episode where he's just like following the children just proceed to like make the most obvious vehicular manslaughter possible. Oh, like, yeah. like, <laughs> yes, yes. Like, it, it, like, even if you were just like walking your dog, like it only caught part of this, you'd be like, well, that, that car is following those children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like making and making sure that it lines up perfectly with it down the road. That, mm-hmm. that seems suspicious. I wonder like, why, the, why that car is uh, tailgating that van for yeah. so long, you know? Yeah. Like f- from nigh six feet away at all times, like mm-hmm. not even like, not even like tailgating, like just like riding the bumper. How did the van the most, the notice? Most, the most obvious. <laughs> Not notice, just right. I don't know. No, it seems very dumb. It's so. Um, that, I assume. I assume driver. it's because they are just having an absolute blast in that van. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh no, it's because they're having a blast in that van, and like Sophie is the star of it. Mm-hmm. They she, are. She's she's singing every line of Ninety Nine Beers on the Wall. Every oh, yeah. single line. Oh yeah. And she's just, got into one, started over, and did it again. Oh yeah. And. <laughs> And Sophie uh, and Mitch have turned the like song into a snack. It is a delight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what's happening. That's what's happening in the van right now. Um, let's see. Uh, while uh, while the two of them are being followed by this very incompetent cop, uh, they Mitch uh, decides he's going to go to his tower and hang out with Matt for a little while. And Mitch thinks that he's never going to be back on the beach, but Matt won't let him give up that easy. Um, but then Matt has to go break up a fight. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Before that, mm-hmm. we should say Matt reminds Mitch that uh, he called Matt a quitter in rookie school, which he sort of did. Like, it was mostly Stephanie saying, Matt, you suck, you're a quitter. And Mitch saying, well, he's not like that much of a quitter. He's just like sort of a quitter. Be easier on him, even though he is a quitter. So Mitch was on his side 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, when it, Matt was in rookie school. But Mitch angrily says, I'm fighting, but I don't know what I'm fighting for. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you do. It's to walk again. It was dumbo. a very dumb line. Yeah. yeah. There, there, feel- were several, there were several dumb lines in this, in this dialogue. And the, and the highlights for me were uh, Mitch saying it's just like, I forgot how beautiful the beach is. And then and that like smell. Yeah. And then but more importantly, he says how beautiful it looks, and how it smells. And they made sure that so you also grasped how beautiful that this beach looks and smells. They cut to a flock of seagulls, the smelliest and ugliest goddamn birds on the planet <laughs> to like really, really drive home that this is like a great, great goddamn beach. Um and yeah, like, I just don't know what I'm fighting for. And it's just kind of like, are you sure? I've kind of watched a whole episode that has made it pretty clear about what you're fighting for. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's very, very not good written scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very not well written. Um, I, I think this scene could have been a lot better if instead of Matt, they had CJ. Because like, I feel like Pam Anderson would have just made more sense. In this scene, then, yeah. then, you know, Matt would have, I don't know. Or I even Summer would have made more sense than Matt. I think they should have used the ghost of Jill. Oh, that would have been great. Oh, <laughs> or Eddie could have come in and be like, yo, I'm from Philly. Don't you remember? <laughs> or or Garner. There's already a dead character. God damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's a dead character like season or episode 16, season one or something like that. Um, oh, that was even before I hopped on here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That was, it's a big thing. She got that eaten was by fast. A shark. Uh, <laughs> not eaten by a shark. She got bit by a shark and she died of the injuries. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> I they should have probably actually just had Garner be there and Garner be like, hey, what's up, buddy? And he goes, yeah. Garner, let me pour out my feelings to you. And he goes, wow, that really sucks, man. Um, but I'm sure you got this. He goes, I don't know, Garner. And Garner goes, I trust you. I know you. And then Garner goes to break up a fight. Yeah, that would have made more sense. Um, but instead, no, in, instead, I, I can I talk about this? Oh, go ahead. Did we get a fight? And before I give you my opinion on it, Morgan. Yes. On a scale of one to ten, where ten <laughs> is the bar fight scene from Sonic the Hedgehog, please. Sorry, it's not the Hedgehog, the movie. <laughs> the Discord, which I've been banned from. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. Please rate this fight scene. I gotta say, this was a pretty good fight scene. Uh, the the two guys seemed really into punching each other, and there was some collateral uh, damage to the stand they were fighting in front of. Um, and when Matt got involved, it felt like there was actually some stakes, and like he might actually he took like a couple hits, and it was good. So uh, I think I'm gonna give this one a nine. Wow, wow. Uh, Reeves, scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is the bar fight scene from the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. What would you give this fight scene? Uh, I have not seen... Neither is Morgan. Yep, nope, never seen uh, it. Okay, um, <laughs> so so not so not even knowing really what 10 is. Yep, um, that's, that's how the scale works. Okay, great scale. Uh, I lo- that's why we use it. Um... <laughs> I guess, just broadly speaking, I, like it was fine. Like, it, like I, I wasn't like sitting there just being like, "Yeah, this is a good fight scene." I was kind of like, I was just kind of like, "Okay, yeah, that's that's a fight scene." Like, I, like, I, it, it. 
a number, the, man, a number five, just because it's like it's very like, I don't know, like the fight scene wasn't something that like I remembered at the end of the episode just being kind of like, oh, that was super cool. It was more like the context of the fight scene that I thought, you know, continued to be this is bad television funny, which, mm-hmm. you know, like for me, it was like especially because it's like the 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 two characters that were fighting uh were the only two non-white characters on the entire damn beach <laughs> yeah <laughs> because, because 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 uh uh Jason at this point had been pushed away by Hobie like off screen so I'm going to not not count that because that's further right. down the beach or whatever um and, and it, like I don't know like as soon as like as I was watching that and that was happening it was just sort of like it felt like a, what's what's the lifeguard's name again Matt is it just Matt yeah 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 it just felt like Matt was just like how dare you deserve these fine white people's cheap concessions lunch and like yes. ran in there with like his like life preserver or whatever and like started breaking up the fight like that that was what I noticed like way more over whatever like fake punches or like fight choreography or something like that and yeah. I don't know like. Like for me, a ten in terms of like fight choreography of, is the Sonic the Hedgehog the movie bar fight scene. Mm-hmm. No, it. <laughs> no, that's how it, the scale works. No, it's I, well, you gotta respect the scale. I I I don't understand the scale. It would be like that's, me like that, it would be it would be like me weighing myself in Kelvin. This doesn't make sense to me. Okay, uh, I'd say you're a ten out of ten on a Kelvin. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, I have some opinions on this. Um, so, anyways, I so I'm just I'm just gonna give it a five out of ten because it wasn't memorable. There, you happy? Aww. Yeah, I am. Okay. Um, some thoughts. One, um, this is the scene that's very badly ADR'd. There's a part where Matt uh, yeah. uh, points at someone and says, "I told you to stop this." So there's a pause between you and oh. stop this. So it sounds, and he's not talking while it happens. You can tell it's his voice because he has that like lisp, that accent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's, it sounds like he swore in the middle of it, and so they had to pause it. Like he told you to fucking stop this or something like that. It's very <laughs> weird. Um, this is maybe the worst fight scene I have ever seen in my life. So ten out of ten on the Sonic scale. Uh, like this Again, is. Again, I so- don't understand this scale. <laughs> The Sonic the Hedgehog bar fight scene is actually good, so that's that's a ten out of ten. I, I have no doubt. This 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 is the worst fight I've ever seen. So ten out of ten. I hope that beautiful. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, the punches are bad. They use the shitty like like noises in there. Yeah, uh, and there's one part where one of the guys just grabs the other guy's head and just lifts his foot as high as it can go to just kick his face. And I was like, whoa, look at that. <laughs> Why don't you do more of that? Uh, oh, that part was wild. But then uh, Mitch just pushes them back. Um, I mean, Matt pushes them back and holds them with a can. And then Mitch sees a woman stuck in the rocks crying for help. So he has to call for Matt. And Matt then runs very sexily to go save her. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's a good run. It is a good run. But then we get to uh, a more important scene. Yeah. Uh, Is this before we uh, get to that mm -hmm. props, props to this extra that like had to pretend that her foot was trapped underneath the rock because you could tell that like it was. was, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just 
she, no, she but, is she is selling it. But, I got it. But say. damn it, but damn it, she tried. She tried real hard, and I could oh, see yeah. that. So I appreciate Oscar. you. And um, <laughs> not that, but like more acting roles. <laughs> the, <laughs> You're given a little bit more TV Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, actually, the first ever there we Oscar go. was was <laughs> earlier in this episode for that pan from Stephanie to Hobie. Oh, yeah. there we go. This is the second one for the same episode. Yeah. Wow. Really yeah. breaking some records tonight. Anyways. Um, but yeah, sorry, at, at this point, we learn that Jason can't swim. So Hobie's going to teach him and they start going faster and faster. Hobie on his rollerblades, Jason in his wheelchair being pushed by Hobie. Um, when our our bad cop, Mr. Riddick, catches up to them in his car and just kind of paces them for for a while. And we keep cutting back and forth between him and Jason and Hobie and then back to him. <laughs> Hobie, Hobie screams. Hobie. <laughs> Hobie screams at some point. And it's the funniest thing. I was watching it and I snort laughed at them zooming in on Hobie just going, ah, uh, yeah, because he's in no danger whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, God, this was a bad, a bad plan on Detective Riddick's part. Yeah, because after after a bit of chasing them, he uh, he tries to run them off the road. Uh, not not just any road, which a bicycle again, path. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're going we're going to make this look like an accident and mm-hmm. nothing will convince people that this was not done on purpose. <laughs> quite like swerving the car from an actual <laughs> car road onto a bike lane mm-hmm. to like hit pedestrians on the bike lane. Like no, man, like nothing like just um, yeah. flawless just, plan. Just like yeah, really 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 thought out, really thorough. Um, really 10 out of 10 Sonic bar fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. 10. Yeah, sure. 10 out of 10 Sonic bar fight scene. Perfect crime. Um, yeah, just wonderful. Well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, really restoring my faith in the Chicago PD. Well, oh, done. absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, Hobie says, Hey Jason, don't tell anyone about this or we'll never be allowed back on the beach. And Jason is like, don't worry. I know that snitches get stitches. Um, but also g- put me back up. Can you help me up? I, yeah. I literally can't move my legs. <laughs> yep. And um, like, oh, shit. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> but then then we go into our final scene, which is where oh, our, our bad cop friend, Frankie Riddick, meets with someone, Maestri, who comes out of a stretch limo. And it turns out they've known each other for a long time and they're in the mob. And if Frankie doesn't kill Jason, Maestri will kill Frankie. So, and Frankie's like, but what about these other people? And Maestri's like, kill them too. So, you dumb his, his excuse is the dumbest excuse of all time because he says, yeah, so the reason I can't kill him is because he's always hanging out with another guy in a wheelchair, which, yeah. yeah, that dude is in the same position as the guy you were easily trying to kill and fucking up. And somehow it's knows just, that he's like a lifeguard, like a former lifeguard. Like somehow yeah, figured, like, like patch like, that together. Like, look. I'm not trying to be ableist here. However, it's another guy in a wheelchair and you have a car. Your whole plan was to drive over the guy in a wheelchair with your car and you fucked that up. But you shouldn't. It's an easy plan. Right. You're saying that your excuse is there's actually a second guy. Okay, so there's this joke. (laughs) I got to tell you this joke. 
All right. This is the dumbest Jew joke. I one of the, every Jewish joke is dumb, but this is one of my my favorite ones. It's very very <laughs> bad. It's a six day war joke. Do you know the six day war? Oh God. Okay. So the yes. joke is one guy is is going over this hill, and they're like, "We're gonna we're gonna kill kill the Israelis or whatever, right?" And uh, and uh, they hear one one Israeli soldier is worth. 1,000 of your soldiers, they're like, ah, screw that. So they go over, and then uh, no one comes back. So they send send another group of people, and you hear them go, one Israeli soldier is worth 10,000 of your people. And they go, whoa, no. So they send them, and then they don't come back. One Israeli soldier is worth 100,000 of your people. And they go over there, and they're like, why do these people not keep coming back? And then one finally crawls back, and they go, What's going on? Why is nobody coming back? And he goes, it's a trick. There's actually two Israeli soldiers. <laughs> That's the joke. It's a, it's That's a pretty good. It's a very dumb joke. But that's what this excuse feels like. It's like, yeah. oh, no, there's another guy in a wheelchair. Like, who who would accept that excuse? If I were a mob boss, I would probably have just killed you on the spot for that. Yeah. It no, is nice that this mob... It, yeah, it does seem like it does. It is nice that this mob boss is like, what? You idiot. Then like, <laughs> yeah, just fucking murder him. Yeah. Very forgiving mob boss for some reason. The most yeah. forgiving. I do have a note that the Masseri family just must be Chicago's lowest ranking crime family. Just like because <laughs> this seems this seems pretty lax by their standards from, I don't know, any Scorsese movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> right. Yeah, they like deal in like petty crimes, like uh, I don't know, yeah. like, stealing gum. Yeah, <laughs> you <know? laughs> stealing. You're, ru- <laughs> you're ruining our pull tabs, racket kid. Come on. It's like uh, our our hurry Haribo shipment is coming in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's God. that's uh. Then we that's flash to a. That's a flash to a to be continued. Yeah. So um, before we go into. Our ratings. I would like to read one IMDb rating. Uh, All right, because uh, it is it is a sand crab. Uh, Ooh, it is uh, from Sand Crab Seven Two Two, who says, and I quote: "One out of ten, shattered bromide, still bromidic." What does that mean? Don't know. But then he goes huh. on to say, "Thrilling action, intense drama." Tragic consequences. Heaps o' slop like that. Few foxy femmes. Hella Hasselhoff in anguish. Oh, look. A scheme to rub out an innocent. Sharp woe, acute torment of viewers. Face bashed by soul-crushing realization that it doesn't end here. And that's that's his review. All right. Um, Reeves, I'm sure you have He, so- he sounded like he had fun. <laughs> <laughs> he said one out of ten, so I don't know. Um, but for us, on a scale of one to ten, where one is discovering that love is dead, and ten is discovering that you have, in fact, a gold prospecting 49er uncle who left you a gold boot in his will. Reeves, how would you rate this episode, and what would you say that rating is? Um, This is fucking awful television. Um, <laughs> just 
So I'm I'm definitely not gonna gonna put it up there with the uh, very valuable uh, family heirloom of a prospector's golden boot, which I don't know feels like a waste of gold. Probably would rather have that in coins, I guess. But hell, why now? Mitch's uncle. Um, Okay, well, no, that explains a lot because if, if, <laughs> if you're related to Mitch, you would probably do something that freaking weird. Um, Look, don't worry, it's... he died immediately. <laughs> this I, is I'm the just, plot. He, I, I'm imagining. I'm imagining. What I'm imagining is is that he was like, "I've made a golden boot," and then he tried to like put it on, and he like tripped over and fell fa- like face first into something and died. That's nope. that's how it's better. He found the golden boot. And then was like, oh, no, I'm being chased by uh, hillbillies with automatic crossbows. I better bury this. Oh, no, they shot me through my beard. I must leave this uh, a set of clues to my nephew who will go on a scavenger hunt to find the golden boot. And then Mitch does. And then a sheriff tricks him. And then Mitch doesn't actually get to keep the golden boot for some reason. I never I don't remember. Mitch doesn't keep the boot, right? I don't think so. It just it's missing money. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what happened. That's a plot. That we're too obsessed with the fact that Pam Anderson just joined the show to worry about a golden boot. True, know. true. Anyways, anyways, Reeves. Um. So my my rating on a scale from one to ten is uh, a two because I spent all that time to do a point doom bluff bit because i thought it was d-o-o-m and then it was actually d-u-m-e which is just named after a person so i felt like i wasted my time coming up with a uh joke about a pun off of a dumb name for a place if you thought it was safe uh because it's literally called doom and uh then this also this explanation which is just not funny i guess so two out of ten it's that all right uh, Michael, how about you? Um, this episode wasn't great. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure that's not a surprise uh, to literally anyone who watched this episode or uh, listened to our episode of our podcast. Even maybe a few minutes into the episode, you probably would have realized that this was not a good episode. Um. I'm going to give it a three because there were parts of it I did have fun with, but mostly it sucks a lot, like a lot, a lot. And uh, I'm not looking forward to part two, though. I do for the first time feel like they probably have a lot more in store for us. Like they didn't write an episode and a half. They maybe actually wrote two episodes, but not that that second part will be good just that they'll have more to it. Uh, And I will say a three is. Ooh, man, what is a three? I have, I have a few ideas. One involves a joke we've already done, which is a Nancy Reagan, you know, the blow job. Um, God, what would a three be? Uh, Would a a three be finding like a, an actual white house tape of a, of an instance of, of Nancy Reagan actually giving a blowjob, would that be a three? I think it's a mashup of 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 Nancy of audio of Nancy Reagan blowjob and Lyndon B. Johnson's tapes, where he keeps on talking about 
someone hemming the crotch area because he needs more space for his huge dick. Yep. Uh, it's a mashup of that while, like, they're also playing some sort of, like, SoundCloud uh, anime DJ in the background, you know, where he's just like, boom, 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 <laughs> like that kind of beat. Uh, that's that's a three. Because, right. like, the beat is good, but everything else about it is, like, the worst thing you ever heard, and you want to tell your therapist about it. <laughs> Which I might tell my therapist about this episode. It was that bad. Wow. Yeah, that description makes me want to go take a cold shower. I don't like hearing <laughs> any of that. I, I feel bad about suggesting even like a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. wow. Um, well, don't don't feel that way. Okay. I yeah, I mean, I think I agree with the general sentiment, which is that this episode was uh, bad, and I didn't like watching it. Um, overall, I found it quite boring, and. Uh, yeah, I'm not super looking forward to part two, other than getting a chance to talk to Reeves again. Um, oh, thank which you. Which I am looking forward to. Yeah, um, thank you. But, yeah, overall, I think, uh, I think I gotta go with a three as well. Um, and I'm going to say that a three is the experience of, um, getting hired by a mob boss because you are a cop and they expect you to be competent. Uh, but then realizing that actually you're a fucking idiot uh, and you still have to carry out like mob business, but you are in way the fuck over your head. Accurate. While we uh, God, it's such it's such obvious vehicle or manslaughter. It's just so bad. <laughs> While we're here, let's quickly mm-hmm. go over the the description for our next episode. Our yes, part, let's our part two. Um the Baywatch wiki says that's completely wrong uh, <laughs> because they say Eddie uh, and Eddie is not in this oh, episode. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, they say Eddie must contend with gangsters while Mitch is going through rehab. That's not accurate. Um, the INDB description says. While Mitch struggles to walk again, he becomes increasingly angry and frustrated and not being able to use his legs and pushes Hobie away and even Stephanie, who offers him support. Here's the best part of this. And Morgan, I know you're going to want to sigh. And Reeves, I know you're going to want to sigh. But if you do, I'm kicking you off of my podcast. That is also (laughs) Morgan's podcast. Uh, So I can't kick Morgan off. Only Ben Edwards can relate to Mitch due to his own walking disability. Oh, no. I told you not to sigh. <laughs> but how am I supposed to not? <laughs> meanwhile. Oh, this is going to be bad. Meanwhile, the hitman sent to kill Jason plans one last attempt to murder the boy at the hospital. And Mitch is the only one nearby who can save him. Great. Well, I don't know who Ben Edwards is. He's the guy. So when Mitch gets the call yeah. um, uh, and he's like, OK, I need I need people. He tells one old dude and the dude has a walker. And oh, so he hasn't appeared in like 18 episodes, uh-huh. uh, but he was a main character last season. OK, um, neat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not looking forward to it, so you're probably not either. Okay, us, oh. the guys who like David Hasselhoff are not oh, looking my forward God. to Ben. All right, well, here's to uh, after watching Shattered Part One, bury my spine at Point Doom. Um, <laughs> here, here comes, 
Here comes Shattered Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. Speaking, um, indeed. Speaking of Shattered, uh, Reeves, would you like to promote anything? Would I like to promote anything? Uh, sure. Um, so uh, my name is Reeves. Uh, I'm a DJ at KEXP here in Seattle, Washington, which is 90.3 FM on the radio dial. And uh, KEXP.org online and via our mobile apps where you can check all that stuff out. I'm on air uh, Sunday early Sunday mornings for the Sunday overnight, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning. And if you hear the words 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning and you think, no, uh, you can listen to my show at any time in the KXP archives at kxp.org slash archives for up to two weeks. And uh, so you can check out, um, I think both of my overnight shows should be up there uh, right now for this past week. Uh, And I've contributed to KXP's DJ Top 10 list. We did those for the end of the year. That's the end of 2021 at the time of this recording. So lots of fun stuff all over the website. You can check my DJ profile out there as well. Um, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at KEXP DJ Reeves, where I post mostly about my show and my dog, who's a uh, American Pitbull mix. And she is cute and adorable. Ooh, so that's yes. why she gets that's why she gets so many posts on there. Um, Extremely valid. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if go ahead. I was also going to say that uh, I have seen your 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 top 10 list and I agree with it more than I agree with any other KXP DJ. And it's not just because we're close friends. It's because we have very (laughs) similar music taste. Yeah, both of us. Both of us have this like weird combination of uh, esoteric stuff that like I don't think like a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, no, that that's something I want to listen to on a bright, sunny day. Uh, And then like. And then, but then, like actual stuff where it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, Japanese breakfast is jubilee. This is good. Yeah. This is good. This or is like, great. oh wow, there's some some really nice classical music here. Or something oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. Reeves, um, so for, fun fact. So Reeves and I, so I, I'm doing my own like top whatever list. Reeves and I have the exact same number one and number two album of the year, uh, which is I thought was very funny. Yeah. Oh. Nice. And uh, it's it's important to note that I even though I did just name drop Japanese Breakfast Jubilee, which is sincerely like in my top ten list, it's one of oh, the favorite albums of the year. Um, like start to finish, and Be Sweet is probably my song of the year. Um, the, my my top three albums are uh, Lingua Noda, Sinner Get Ready, which is like mm-hmm. a metal classical album. I guess is the best way to describe it. <laughs> and metal, uh, metal classical opera. Yeah. And uh, oh. then after that is uh, fucked which, which ups. is by the way, which is about uh, because Lingua Nada's old albums were industrial albums about killing your abusers. This one is about okay, so my abusers kind of won, and fuck you, Jesus. All right, that's basically yeah. the description. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's good stuff. Uh, and then and then my it's very sad. Um, do, do not go into that album hoping that it's going to be a very fun listen. It's no. it's a very it's a very emotive one, but it's very yes. good. Um, the uh, and then fucked up. So you have the horse, which is a punk rock opera about a horse and, um, uh, and a my sand num- wizard and a sand wizard. Don't forget sure. the sand wizard. Yeah. And then my my third album is a album called uh, Wretched Abyss by Noctul and Noctul. This album is um, a side project of a uh, UK singer and it is about Skyrim. So I wanted to make sure I covered all of my really accessible bases with my top three albums of the year. <laughs> Jesus, um, Sand Wizard, Skyrim. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, if, and 
be careful with that Nocturne one because it's a black metal album. So if you don't know what black metal is, probably don't listen to it. But if you do know what black metal is, I think you'll enjoy it. All right. Well, yeah. thank you so much for, for being on and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. And yeah. Speaking of, I want to say the same to our listeners, which is thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I am at Morgan P. Thrap. I am at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. We'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. Huzzah! Ha-ha! <laughs> This is the only good thing to come from Baywatch. <laughs>